1: following is a w2m network feature presentation of life is like a game show and here's your host moderator harry broadhurst harry broadhurst will not be seen tonight here's your interim host moderator jonathan
2: nielsen Woohoo! I've been promoted! Finally! Took long enough. Sorry you're feeling horrible, Harry. May you feel better next week. And on that note, I guess it's my job to introduce the panel here. We'll uh, go to the three-man screen. Mm. For the mis- there mm. we go. Thank you. He is to my left. He is the DSDO. He is the guy in charge around here who hits the stream button and makes this stuff happen. He is Eric Watkins.
3: Hmm. Eating on air is a W2M Network exclusive.
2: And also a gimmick infringed by the man below me. Also just fresh off the air with lead to the max or whatever. He is Brian Espinoza.
1: Eating on air. There's a W2M
2: Network gimmick exclusive. I managed to eat my sandwich while the intro video was playing. Drinking on Air is also a W2M Network gimmick exclusive.
3: I mean, given especially some episodes a point of view where you're not wrong.
2: So um, let me steal a gimmick because he's not here to use it, so I have to use it instead. I have a question.
3: Uh Uh-oh. This usually is
2: not a good thing. So, I'm opening up a notepad over here on the side. I have the top four answers on the board for you two individuals. Name a W2M Life is Like a Game Show gimmick.
3: (laughs) Interrupting Jonathan Nielsen?
2: show be interrupting yours truly. Dingy number one answer. <laughs> we might reveal some of the others as we go tonight. And as Harry says from the disembodied lands, Lives Like Game Show, presentation W2M Network, online, w2m.net. W2Mnet.net. Calm. Yes, yes. The, 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 you, know, you know, you know you
1: keep stuff. fucking this up. I'm going to take back the promotion, and I'm going to give it to Eric.
2: Well, in that case, I'm just going to share the wealth. Brian, if you take your podcast in a visual fashion, where can you find us?
1: Really? You
3: know
2: really? You know
3: you... You're if fired. You, you... Eric, you're up. If you so happen to be watching us, we thank you immensely for doing so live on Facebook, Twitter, all both of those are W2M Network. And you can, if you're watching on Twitch, twitch.tv slash W2M Net. If you're taking us on a delay, that's absolutely fine. We will be up on YouTube, youtube.com slash W2M Network. However, if you take your podcast orally, we are on a variety show A U are never mind. Anyway, we are on a variety of podcast platforms Citrus Spreaker, Podbean Castbox, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Overcast, Apple Pods, Google Pods. If you name it, most likely we're on it. If we're not, send your hate mail to s.garbert gmail.com. Be like Marty Bass. We'll Take it under advisement and fix it best we can.
2: If you find us on Spotify, of course, rate us. Five stars. And also mm-hmm. we got the uh, usual Discord link down the doobly-doo. I think that handles everything. Yeah. So,
3: um, for, again, live from the disembodied <laughs> lands, Harry, Jesus, don't make me drag mm-hmm. my sick ass in there, Nielsen.
2: This All is why Just I am it. surrounded By an all-star cast. (laughs) So I suppose since Harry's not here to introduce me with the non-academic credible source, I guess I could do that myself. It It would be be
1: nice if we told the viewers what we were talking about this week.
2: I thought it was obvious when I said top four answers on the board, try and get the most popular answer, and you hit the number one by interrupting me. But at the same show party. me food. Uh, number was, three answer. That
1: was eating last on air. week. <laughs> See, thank you. Watkins over here gets it. <laughs> hey, but you have to air. introduce the right host. Come on, Nielsen.
3: <sighs> For those of you who have noticed the title of this week's episode, yes, we are in part two of our deep dive with Family Feud. Yesterday, we were last week. We talked about the rest. This week, we talked about the best. Richard Dawson at the front. Steve Harvey in present day. Now. Oh, I actually have a thing down there.
1: Awesome. Yes. We All right. Have- the next one of you two that makes a gaffe, you are both getting fired, and I'm
3: going to do another two-hour tour. Of just talking straight. I made one one out of all of that.
2: Get one. better soon, Harry. We need you, man. Ah, oh, yeah. Um <clears throat> a rail check may be in order soon, gentlemen. Colin Lionel M. We well, better know him as Richard Dawson. Born November 20th, 1932. Lost to us on June the 2nd, 2012. An English-American actor, comedian, game showist, and panelist in the U.S. First got his fame for playing Corporal Peter Newkirk in Hogan's Heroes. We better know him as a match game panelist in the 70s until he got his own damn show in 1976 that we call... The family feud. And you'll have to give me a moment because I have so many things blip in my ears and it's funny. Well, as we do that, as a comment on the screen,
3: especially for Brian, Harry is saying I get a pass.
2: You know a thing or two about those. Ah, There we go. My Discord is finally off. Can hear myself think. Oh, and um,
3: white stuff. Just saying. Hi, Brian. Hmm. <clears throat> actually, it's yeah. not
2: white stuff. It's
1: honey mustard.
3: It looks like white stuff with the lighting, but anyway, no,
1: that's fine. Yeah, no. I uh, did that thing
3: that you told me to try, and it's actually pretty good with the honey mustard. You're welcome. Now as we resume with the non-credible academic source.
2: So, Joss had a bit of a trademark move when it came to female contestants on the original Family Feud. Eric?
3: (laughs) Uh, Just a little bit of a right on the cheek, kiss for luck, as he
2: put it. Yep, the kissing bandit, and then TV executives repeated to tell them to try and stop the kissing. But, Viewers were asked to write in a vote on the matter. 200,000 responses, majority in favor of the kissing. On 1985 finale of his run, he explained his for love and luck, something his mother did with Dust themselves himself as a child. Okay. Frequent guest also on The Tonight Show is Jimmy Carson. Was a contender for the Tonight Show. Did not know
3: that. I'm not surprised, especially in those kind of later years after his run, of course.
2: And he also auditioned to host a uh, game show that's going to make everybody cringe, and I want to see the cringing. So uh, get me off the full screen for a moment. A show that was picked up by future host Jimmy Caffalo, Trump Guard.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
3: Oh, and yeah. um and for a pronunciation oh. Ryan, since you mentioned gas Johnny
2: Carson. Did I fuse Jimmy Fallon and Johnny Carson? Cause that would be an awesome fusion right there.
3: Would it really though? Would it really though?
2: I mean would the it... ratings couldn't be so bad as when they had to replace homes with Dawson and it still didn't work in ninety-four.
3: Oh, I mean fair point. I mean Dawson's
2: returns readings were so bad. How bad well, were they, etc.? <laughs> they had to bring in Fat Man and Comedian Louis Anderson try and save the show. That didn't go over well either. Yeah, go
3: for, you can go back into our archives on YouTube, youtube.com slash w2m network to check out last week's
2: episode. Indeed. So, flash forward to the modern era. You've got Broderick Stephen Harvey Sr. Huh, his fellow Capricorn real, born January 17th, uh, His
3: real first name is Broderick?
0: Today I yeah.
2: learned! Host... Actor, writer, producer, comedian—he's got the Steve Harvey Morning Show. He's got Family Feud. He's got Celebrity Family Feud. He's got competitions where he gets three things. Waiting for Eric to give a cheeky response on that.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you got nothing.
3: A semi-nothing? I was momentarily occupied, as
2: it were. Fair enough. He's also got Family Feud Africa and Judge Steve Harvey. Wait, 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 wait. Judge Steve Harvey!
3: Wait, rewind. What was that before
2: Judge Steve Harvey? Family Feud Africa. Yeah, yeah, Steve, Steve Harvey's actually, actually
1: doing a lot with, with new media new
2: in Africa.
3: Africa. You know, I'm not going to make the joke, even though I'm wearing this.
2: South African game show produced by BBC African Rapid Blue and American Steve Harvey Global, distributed by Fremantle, broadcast on E.TV, uh, the first and only privately owned free air TV station in South Africa. Yeah. yeah. It's legit. More international versions later,
3: apparently. Yeah. Like I said, today I learned.
2: But yeah. He's been hosting a few since September of 2010. And despite some critics that might say the... Um, Humor's getting a bit dark. He's also expanded to a lot more media. He's even got a self-titled syndicated talk show, produced by Endemol. Don't
3: you mean Fremantle? No, I mean produced by Endemol.
1: Don't you mean Celador? No, it's actually produced by <laughs>
2: Endemol and distributed by NBC Universal Television Distribution and NBC Tower in Chicago.
1: Look, you said some bitches, you try to use some shit against me. I'ma turn around and use it right against you, okay? No, legit, it's end of all. I shit you not. I know it's end of ball.
2: We were turning the joke
3: one. around on you, you dumbass. That's
2: fired. <laughs> I want Harry back. I am like joke Teflon. You cannot make any joke stick to me. Unless the mispronunciation, then it all means you can send it to me. So yeah. Eric, you want to mention this Miss
3: Universe 2015 debacle? Okay. So, what happens? You know how sometimes you have numbers and envelopes, and the numbers, you usually think something means something. Well, that's in the case when he announced the winner of Miss Universe in 2015. He apparently thought that the one meant first place, the winner. When instead, it meant first runner-up. Thankfully, the memes did not last too long in his case. He did make a commercial to where he made fun of himself about the incident. But he announced the wrong winner for Miss Universe. And had to correct himself in a fashionably stunning moment on live television, no less. I forget who the two particular ladies involved in the gaff were. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute.
2: Miss Columbia and Miss Philippines. And Harry Brothers will be seen tonight. No, no, no,
3: no, no. This man is fired.
2: I previously fired this man. Unfortunately, I think he outranked you and he rehired himself.
1: I'm sorry, I'm the W2 Web Network senior producer in charge of this show. I don't
5: know. I don't outreak anybody. I just couldn't take any more of this train wreck.
3: Sorry, Harry. We lasted a good so, 15 minutes and again for the record.
5: It's okay. Um, hi everyone. I apologize in advance for how I sound. I have been fighting my sinuses all day. The weather has gone from the 70s to the 30s like it saw, saw a state trooper up here in Ohio. Therefore, my sinuses have been whooping my ass for the better part of the last 24 hours. If I sound off, I apologize. That being said, I Harry, couldn't... Harry, are you
1: sure you're going to be okay to do the show?
5: Not really, but we'll see how this goes.
2: Harry, your sinuses sound as horrible as Mark Sanchez trying to navigate through the offensive line of the New York Jets. (laughs) And I don't say that lightly. Even Even Rancid
1: Randy would groan at that.
3: That's the second time tonight that's been – wow.
1: At least he's making – Also, that is the
3: second time tonight we've made
1: a fucking Mark Sanchez Jets reference on this network.
5: At least he's making fun of his team and not mine when I'm sick.
2: Hey, to lose four Super Bowls in a row, you still have to make it to four Super Bowls in a row. That alone is a feat. Aw,
5: Max Fried just lost his no-hitter. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the... Steve Harvey, Richard Dawson edition of the Family Feud deep dive. We already we already managed to stumblingly and I'm this. I'm doing the proper version so that way people know what they're listening to. A presentation of the W2M Network online at w 2 mnetcom I'm your host. I guess again, I suppose I'm Harry Broders. As per usual, your the panel in front of you: Eric Watkins, Jonathan Nielsen. Brian Espinosa. All right, we'll get back to the conversation here. You guys were discussing... Eric, theme-
3: did we just have a, a take two on this show as well? Minus the intro, yes. Another thing
2: that's happened twice tonight. Uh, take twos are the number two answer, by the way.
5: Um, You guys were talking about the uh, Miss Universe controversy, the last thing I heard before I decided that Thank I needed, I needed to be a part of this.
2: Yes. Note to
1: self, do not promote Nielsen ever again.
5: Go ahead, Eric. You guys can pick up from where you were at there. I'll just join in as I can.
3: Well, I was actually, it wrapped it up. Miss Columbia and Miss Thailand, the big mix-up. And it, it was a very, a twisted way, hilarious moment, but that also defined his career during his family feud run as well
5: did did they end up bringing him back the following year for miss universe or did they end up letting him go at that point
3: i believe they did bring him back
5: i thought so because i i want to say it was as nielsen checks over on the non-credible academic resource Uh, I do believe they did bring him back. And, like, right as they were about to announce the winner, I'm pretty sure he made a joke about what had happened the year prior, stating, let me make sure I read this really carefully. All right. So I don't know what the plan is for tonight. I'm just kind of here along for the ride, try to keep things on track as best as I can. My week
1: has been so in chaos that I have not had the opportunity to do a format for tonight's show, so we're kind of winging it. Yeah, it it, was dominated by... With liberal usage of rails checks.
3: Yes, there were a lot of come-to-Jesus meetings that were necessary.
2: This makes sense after Easter weekend. Anyway, he did host the show from 15 through 19, and then picked it up in 2021 as the incumbent host of Miss Universe once again.
5: Shut up, Watkins. I can't.
3: I, uh, let's keep going.
2: No,
5: Don't say anything that'll get the network canceled. It's
2: very can interesting, though, that we are talking about Family Feud in the month of April. As diametrically opposed in the calendar year as the month of September.
3: Technically, that'd be March, but I see where you're going with this. I'm
2: trying to segue into a clip that I really hope somebody had the foresight to think about getting ready since we are talking about Richard Dawson.
1: Sir, we went from league to the max or whatever straight into this show with like a 28-minute downtime that was quite literally us
2: taking a piss shit and eating, not necessarily in that order. I was also hoping that my longer pre-lambling intro
1: We also we also already covered September today on this network on League to the Max or whatever, which was the whole reason why we needed a
2: take two to begin with. And thus what? now that we're taking that take two, I That's saw it. Eric typing a while, so I'm assuming he is pulling up the clip as we speak.
5: Are are we still airing clips? Is this one that we can air without having issues? We're airing clips. Very well.
2: This, you can't mention Richard Dawson and Family Feud without bringing up this epic moment from 1980.
1: Yes, we have to deal with the reels
2: uh, of his show in the past. What months of pregnancy
4: does a woman begin to look pregnant? September. Something. Oh.
2: (laughs) This might take a while.
3: (laughs) Just about smack dab in the middle of the run, too.
4: Luckily the clock doesn't start until I finish the (laughs) September. Of course. it's so obvious, isn't it? It's kind of embarrassing. You have to reset the clock because I just laughed at her. The rest of that. tell me when you reset the (laughs) 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 fifteen. Are you ready? I think so. Good girl. Just remind everybody, give me 20. Pause. Here we go. Okay. Good luck. Oh, is for luck.
2: So there's the kiss for luck that we mentioned earlier. Now, in Fast Money, the second contestant to play has no idea what happens when the first contestant plays. Because of the soundproof booth gimmick that mm-hmm. someone below still doesn't like, even since mentioning the Double Dare of the 70s version. Wait, so, what do I not like? Isolation booth gimmicks. <sighs> I, I
1: don't like it on Double Dare. I'm not a huge fan of it on 21. I understand it as a part of Family Feud where it actually works. Touche.
2: But unlike last week when we were showing contest number one already made the 200 points and Ray Combs is showing why he is the biggest game show troll host of all time. This situation is a little different because Dawson can't allude to the fact of what the first contestant did because there's an SP guy sitting over on the side of the stage giving him the goddamn death glare saying, You better not spoil things. And uh, hilarity continued to ensue. Resume clip.
5: Oh. I think it's impressive that she managed to pull off 92 points despite the chicanery.
2: During water, okay. <laughs> all the clock. I don't know
4: how to take this. I'm fine. I'm fine. We'll do it. Here we go. Oh. Okay. During- <laughs>
3: She's up done, there, all uh, nervous and
4: involved here, but,
3: uh, that's I, I will. intentionally <laughs> clueless.
4: Okay, okay, I'm trying to concentrate. All right. Okay, 20, we Got the twenty. Got the 20 up, have we? Here we go. You're good. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Line. I told you. I told you. Good luck. Yeah, oh, fine. Here we go. Okay. Sure, here we
2: go. First question coming up. <laughs> Even Eve
4: Wood is him.
3: Oh God. Oh, here we go, Doctor. <laughs> She's up there. This is like this is just making her even more nervous.
1: Man down.
2: <laughs> the only time the can you continue
1: wrong. with the show? <laughs>
4: I'm sorry, Don, while you were away, they sang uh Walter Houston's recording <laughs> of September song, and it's very emotional to me. I always always cry when all, all This is a good way of
2: him playing it off though. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes,
4: I'm fine. No, we're fine, fine. Here we go. Good, truly. During what month of pregnancy? <laughs> Come on. I'm dying to
5: hear it. <laughs> <laughs> He's dying to be able to finish it. <laughs>
4: oh, I'm, 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 um, during what months of pregnancy does a woman begin to look pregnant? Third month. Name something people wear that needs tying. A, t- a necktie. Try again. Uh, a bow tie. <laughs> oh, uh,
3: right. a, a t- sneaker. A
4: noisy bird. A parrot. How the hell did you get on the show? How the hell did they get back on the show? (laughs) Food associated with Christmas. How the hell was that? Food associated with Christmas. Very good, and something kids fill with water. Balloons.
2: A
5: Pool. A ball. A ball. turn
2: around. I don't think they won all the fast money,
5: but they did get to return the next day as defending champions.
2: That made it.
5: I'd be curious to see what happened the following day.
2: I don't know if the clip exists. More, however.
5: just real, real quick, more to the point on that, I would. Wait, be curious. are you saying the clip
1: of them returning in '94?
5: No, the clip of them coming back as defending champions the next day on Family Feud. Like, I, I would be curious as to whether or not they, the, like that, they taped the next episode right after that incident happened. I think Eric is about to check and see if he can't find anything for that.
3: Oh, that's going to be some hard sledding
5: yeah I'm not saying you're going to find anything for it, but I would be curious all right so um i saw I heard you guys talking about the kiss thing off air and I kinda wanted to chime in here and we can kind of have a group discussion about this as well because this would this would be topical to the show brian i'll will start with you. What were your opinion on the Dawson kiss Were you in favor of it? Were you against it? Were you neutral and why
1: uh... I could go into a really soapboxy, possibly approaching land speed record rant on this. As
3: I get the evil death glare from like at least two of the three of you. Oh no, my glare is for something entirely different, in part because of what I found. But continue. I am going to
1: summarize this the best that I can by simply saying Dawson's actions amounted to what was considered culturally acceptable at the time. Am I in favor of them, against them, neutral to them? I uh, How do I put this how do I put this I don't know if my personal opinions really bring a subjective measure of
3: Hold on let me let me back that up I think you you've got time. I shall return momentarily
5: ah all right well while the executive producer steps away, would you like a second to gather your thoughts? um because if so, I can go ahead and answer this question from my own perspective and then I'll come right back to you
2: or you can let me answer it.
1: I, I basically I think what I'm trying to get out and I can't really find the right words for it is it's a very slippery slope topic. Words need to be choose very careful words need to be chosen very carefully. Well, do I think it added value to the show overall personally? Not really. Again, was it culturally acceptable at the time? And was it a thing that people did? Yes. Yeah, I think it's... And, the, and that's kind of where I'm going to leave my opinion.
5: Yeah, I think it's the product of a bygone era. I don't necessarily disagree with it because it was a very in-fashion thing for the kiss on the cheek, the, the, small, the small kiss on the lips to be a greeting back then in that era. Um, as long as the contestant was allowed to refuse it, then I don't really see an issue with him being allowed to do that.
1: The the problem here, and again, it's, it's, you know, like I said, this is a very sensitive topic. There were situations where I think you could tell that
5: some of the it was not were as comfortable. War-
1: yeah. They were uncomfortable and it wasn't as warranted as one would be led to believe and there's a reason why I put the, in those terms.
5: Go ahead, Jonathan.
2: More so on those in the early eighties and Brian, hear the echo. Sorry, that's Eric's job. Well, Eric is not going to be seen at the present moment, but also I look at it from a vantage point of Dawson's British. mm huh the British culture was more accepting of such things I agree. than the American. Having read the part where you know that was something when he grew up in the UK in oh, what's the town? I gotta look this up because I don't have a committed to memory. In in good old Hampshire, England. Yeah, 76. I could see that. Come 83, 84 times be a changing, yo, and Dawson sort of started to make the change because you had, instead of the kiss, you had the, the little Tootsie Roll lollipop tree off to the side where someone picked one out, the very last person on the row, and they get a little cash bonus. They picked one out with the black stem on it, if you remember that. And I think the segue to that just came a bit too late. But could Steve Harvey get away with it today? Oh, hell no.
5: No, I don't think Harvey would want to, though, given some of the allegations that Harvey's had issues with in the past as well. So I feel like that's a situation where Harvey is well aware of his, of his, of his, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? His resume. When it comes to potential issues in the past and stuff and his reputation for being something of a ladies man as well. Um, I take you back to the to the Steve Harvey show where he played kind of a ladies man as a teacher when he was working on the Steve Harvey show. But I just figured it'd be something to ask why while, uh, why while we were looking to transition away and Eric needed to step away for a second. Um, let's talk Steve Harvey then. And we'll come back to Richard Dawson, obviously. Let's talk Steve Harvey then. Um, do you think Harvey's run as the host of Family Feud is getting to the point now where they need to consider changing it up? Has Harvey been hosting the feud long enough that they need to consider a new host? Jonathan, I'll start with you for this question.
2: Of course you throw me the hard one first. Uh, I could see... Perhaps trying a second host, maybe for the Celebrity Edition.
5: See, the reason I ask you this question is because Brian is adamant that he feels that Drew Carey's time at TPIR should be up soon. Oh, yeah. Harvey... (laughs) Does the same fate befell Steve Harvey at Family Feud? Go ahead and continue, Jonathan.
2: I could see the time coming soon. I don't think he's there yet. But you got to also keep in mind... How much is Steve Harvey out there with how many shows he doing now? He's got a morning show. He's got two versions of feud. I Judge think Steve Harvey, if
5: memory serves, the morning show is radio only.
2: He's still but still, it. he's doing a lot. There's also the issue, because you know how game shows tape. They tape in mm-hmm. large blocks. Of course. And they sit episodes in the can much like I do episodes, the Nielsen ratings first very month here on the W2M network. Hashtag shameless plug. I was going to say, I see what you did there. Yes, you did see what I did there.
5: I'd have preferred and, not to have seen what he did there. Continue.
2: But to that point, the man's going to burn out. I mean, it, it is kind doing of work. the show since 2010. It's 2012. That is a dozen years. Years. It's 2022, at, but. No, 22. Yeah. Either way, dozen years. Right. I, I've had a very long and. Uh, You're good. Trying day at work because mm-hmm. Monday holiday means i got going to cover double material in the same day.
5: Ugh. Busting
2: stones here. All right, Brian. My, I my, ha- si- my sinuses are starting to resemble the Ohio Turnpike, if you get know what
5: I mean. <laughs> Brian, I will ask you the same question. You are adamant that it is time for TPIR to replace Drew Carey. Is it time for Family Feud to start considering moving forward from Steve Harvey?
1: You're muted.
2: Uh, I'm still muted.
1: First of all, I'm muted. And you guys are not letting me do my joke. Thanks. Second of all... I was trying to say, first of all, I'm muted while being muted. So thanks. Um, Second of all... I don't know if this is the right time to ask this question. I think this is kind of more of a later toward the end of the episode after we've done the full deep dive kind of question, but I'll answer it now.
5: We needed to um, kill time while we were waiting for Eric.
1: I actually think the exact opposite. I think, if anything, Harvey is in his prime here. Um, the, the problem, and, and I, I I will reiterate this, but the problem that I have with Carrie, which is why I think it's time for TPIR to sack him, is Carrie's no longer funny. That is the whole thing that makes, like, that that made Carrie a good part of The Price is Right. He, sure, Carrie has, has made the show his own, but he is taking it in a direction that I think is become boring for the average viewer. Harvey is one of those folks that, and you can hear him say it time and time again, Even he's even said it on uh, his latest show, Judge Steve Harvey, a few times, which I also absolutely love. The man doesn't forget his roots, and his roots are an impoverished stand-up comedian, black man, stand-up comedian, like talk about face adversity, pull yourself up by the bootstraps kind of thing. But he doesn't forget that. And he's always trying to, I don't want to say stay relevant, but he's always trying to stay funny. And I think as long as the man can find ways to stay funny without becoming stale, which is the problem with Carrie when he is funny. It seems stale when he's not funny. The show just falls flat. I think care. I think not Carrie. Sorry. I think Harvey can continue with all of his ventures for several more years to go. Um. This is a man that uh, you guys talk about his workload, but he is used to this amount of workload. He's used to taping, you know, two, three, four different things in a week or in a day. Um, so no, I I don't think that uh whatchamacallit, I don't think that it's time for Harvey to go at all. Um he's still funny, he can still, you know, go viral and get trending on social media for his responses. To contestants' questions or you know, things that happen on the board. I mean, there's like, hell, there's an there's like two hour-long compilations you can find on YouTube of just him reacting to being mocked by the Family Feud survey and the board.
2: Um is that meant as a segue? Because I think I could segue off of that.
1: That wasn't meant as a segue, but if you get segue off of it, go ahead, because I don't really have that much. I did
5: I did need to talk ask Watkins his opinion real quick on the whole topic though. In Eric, the mean
2: in the meanwhile, Eric, load my Harvey clip if you would please. Oh, that's already loaded and ready
3: to go.
5: All right. Well if the if the clip is relevant, play the clip and then I'll have Eric's answer to the question.
1: All right, we can't play a 20-minute clip.
3: Just I'm going question. to just play the beginning. Top seven
5: it's a very time. sharp suit. Is this from a celebrity edition? Yeah. to be Steve Harvey. How much you know that he's an imposter? Yes, hair. Uh, false mustache. False mustache. Big stop,
3: big stop. Maya.
4: Oh, and...
3: uh, Pass the play.
4: Chloe, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good to see you. Again. Oh, good to see you, I'm nervous. You are you nervous? Yes. Yeah. It's okay though. <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Chloe, uh-huh. if a man claimed to be Steve Harvey, how might you know that he's an imposter? Bald cap. Oh
2: cool. He's got a ball cap. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Legit. Yuck. Yeah, because again, we there's plenty more of those on YouTube. Oh yeah, that was just an example I could find within two seconds. Some I didn't some, need four seconds.
5: Some of the funnier ones from the syndicate come from the syndicated version because those are the families that know that they're probably just there for one episode, so they're trying to have their moment in Family Feud lore by having making a comment that Harvey reacts to and it sticks out and show clip in for me. And, and as I Harvey to-
1: would say, yo ass about to be on YouTube.
3: Well, I mean, not everybody could be the Trejo family who were on a th- for three episodes in their original run in nineteen eighty.
5: I'd imagine there'll be a clip coming of that here in a little bit. However, Mr. Oh, R- definitely. Before we move to that clip, let's go ahead and get your opinion on the topic. Um If you want to talk about the Richard Dawson thing, before you stepped away, I saw you kind of nodding your head in agreement with what Brian was saying earlier. So I wanted to ask you if you wanted to touch on that or not. And if not, then that's understandable.
3: I I do want to touch on it just uh, briefly. And again, I have my own personal bias because I'm not going to lie. If I was in that position, especially in that era, I could do the same thing if if I could get away with it. But, I mean, with his kind of overall style and panache, almost going in that still sort of late 70s counterculture to the counter of what your people were thinking about your average Brit in those times, I thought it had a little bit of, like, closeness and a teeny bit of levity, which, again, more acceptable and even favored back then. So, if anybody were to try it now, no. But back then... I was a bit of a fan of it.
5: All right. Now, the is it time for Family Feud to move on from Steve Harvey question?
3: Absolutely not. I would I say that Steve Harvey is in his prime. Maybe. If he's either like maybe either side of it, probably on the downside. However, and there was a good comparison between with what's going on in price with Drew Carey and what's going on with Feud and Steve Harvey. If you look at both stand-up comedians who had their own shows on network television in the late 90s and 2000s, it was an entirely different set of appeals. Not to say that Drew Carey isn't funny. He has funny moments. But at the same time, Drew Carey's scope of humor is a little bit more narrow. And especially if you go back to the Drew Carey show, not necessarily whose line that was a different animal and he was great as a host. But if you're talking as the main focus is himself, hence why Drew Carey's green screen show lasted as long as it did. When you have that much more narrow scope of humor, it plays out much more quickly, especially on a show like Price is Right. If you have a broad reach and great ability to find different jokes in all kinds of situations, like Steve Harvey has done on Family Feud, and like he even did on his own show and in his own routines and stand-up sets, you can keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. Keep in mind, look who has secondary shows during their run rather than who had a show after their main run. There's a reason for that.
5: All right. I'm going to counter that with this, though, because while I understand that Carey maybe doesn't have the appeal that he did once on Price, I would argue that the counter to that argument is is Family Feud is a show that is more situated towards humor than the Price is Right is. Therefore, Steve Harvey is able to show off a broader scope of range during the course of Family Feud. I think if you put Drew Carey on Family Feud, he succeeds. Because he has that same quick wit
3: that Steve Harvey does. I, I don't disagree uh, with you entirely, but you can I, argue I, that there were moments. If you put Drew Carey in certain viral situations from YouTube, it falls a lot flat and doesn't go viral at all. No, I, I was going to say the I same thing. I, dis-
1: I, I disagree. I'm like, I don't think Carey tri- translates over to family feud. Well, at all, just because he's been out of the stand-up funny game for so long that he's just flat-out not funny.
5: Jonathan, do you want to chime in here? And then we will move forward to the Trejo family discussion. I actually
2: have found a moment that is probably the closest that Steve Harvey ever got to a Trejo moment. If in this scenario, and you just need the first few seconds of this guy, It's the beginning of a Fast Money. You get that out-of-nowhere response that I don't think would have happened if you had a comedian like uh, the man who was notorious for blowing the load early, like on Power 10, hosting in lieu of Steve Harvey.
5: So this is a modern, this is a modern representation of what happened to Dawson with the lady saying September. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Play the clip, Eric. Welcome back to the
4: feud, everybody. Abundus family won the game, and now it's time to play. Uh-huh. Right, you ready? Ready?
2: 46.
5: Abundus. Name a part of a
4: man's body that, if hair were ripped from it, it might cause him to cry. Penis. <laughs> when you, when, when you, okay, I, I'm about
3: this. <laughs> I, time. Mean, to be fair, he's not wrong. He's not know. wrong whatsoever. Yeah. When I do
2: you react like that?
5: Yes, Carrie would because that's Carrie's brand of humor. I had to stop, because I teared up. As soon
4: as he said, it. "I heard all the men gasp from your penis."
3: Okay, here we go. And, and see, that's some- all you- yeah, and with something like that, could Drew Carey would he have pulled that off back in the day? Yes. Oh, yeah. 100%. Now, now, I don't think he would have. I think with himself and everything, that would have changed. This is my point. This. <laughs> Am I really getting this much agreement from the right side of the screen? Uh, God, I feel this, like this is point of view all over again.
2: This right here evidences, I think, the difference with Drew Carey's comedy of who's line Era versus Modern Era who's lightning or Drew, he would go and push that envelope. Nowadays, family man Drew, daytime TV, Hallmark game show CBS, nope, no risks allowed. Keep him on a tight leash.
3: And with different events that have happened in his personal life during his run on Price. That changes a man. All right,
5: so with that being said, you just saw the modern day version of it. We played the clip from the Trejo family originally. Eric, I understand you found more.
3: Of course. course. As we have referenced last week with Dawson coming back in 1994, there was a certain family that joined him. Wait, it's 4-on-4? Yeah, the 94 run, they changed it from 5-on-5 to 4-on-4. That's fucking stupid. It was also that on the Australian version as well, Burt's Family Feud. They
2: also doubled the points a lot earlier.
5: Well, well, that's something we need to talk about, the gameplay on the original Family Feud.
2: We mentioned it partly with the early 90s slash late 80s version where they put the bullseye round in and extended an hour they were trying all sorts of things with the increased commercial length and things like that oh my god more on that after this
4: just,
5: just realized how fat 94 dawson is yikes
1: yeah, they told him he had to lose weight and he didn't. Lo- he was supposed to lose 35 pounds. He didn't even lose the weight that he was required to lose in his contract. They still let him host it, anyways, because they were that desperate to salvage the ratings tank from Family Feud, which we talked about last week. Yeah, bad
3: ratings were bad.
5: Available in the archives over on w2mnet.com, as well as all of your favorite podcast services.
3: And on YouTube, if you prefer the visual version. Yeah, we're in a little yeah. because
4: these people are, I think they were on with us five, six, seven days the last time, Yeah. And the original 1980s, uh, this family came on, and I told you they were special, you'll find out why in a second. Welcome, please. Sherry-ho!
5: So apparently, unlike The Price is Right, Family Feud did not have a no bring back yeah. policy.
1: Not very much. <laughs> oh, I think this was a special case because, again, ratings. Exactly. Thank you, Brian. They were trying all sorts of desperate gimmicks at
2: this point. New syndication company, too. And they figured, eh, it's been 14
3: years, why not?
4: Just gonna, just gonna welcome you here for a second, man. Right? We're delighted you're here. When is this happy event? September 28th. <laughs> when you see what this is about, it might make you smile. <laughs> Family was absolutely uh, responsible for the only time that I lost control. In fast money,
3: again, the peculiarity of the universe setting this up in a natural segue.
4: (laughs) Except, sweet Kathy. Now, the question in fast money was when a woman becomes pregnant, at what month does she begin to show her pregnancy? And Kathy said, (laughs) September. Now, I had that rattling around in my head when. CD came out, so easy, man. You will never ever believe it. Roll the tape and watch this. To
2: watch this. That's and yeah, they aired the 80 clip. On the Which I early. don't
5: think we need to show again. Yeah, that. All right. But there we
2: are. Trago full circle. Well,
5: I mean, I think it's kind of cool on occasion to bring back contestants from the past, and there have been other shows that have done it, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that in other circumstances. And in some, <laughs> and in some cases, it's relatives of contestants from previous shows.
2: Pressure luck. <laughs> okay. That's
5: Okay. That'll be enough <laughs> of that. Way to, way to kill the gimmick, Nilsson. It's, it's what, what I do best. Uh, apparently so. All right. Um, back to the Dawson era of Family Feud. Maybe, kind of, sort of, but back to the Dawson era of Family Feud here. The original Dawson era of Family Feud. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the points and how they were situated. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. The first two rounds were single points, and then after, after that, everything
3: four was double points until somebody hit three hundred. Actually, no. In the first couple seasons, starting in 76, and they mentioned this when they brought another family back during Dawson's run, it was to 200. That's why if a show ever got to the fourth round during those early runs, that fourth round, dollar values were doubled and only the top three answers were on the board because normally that would decide the game
5: because they would have a, a question worth six, six, 60, 70, 80 points, which doubled up would be 100 and whatever, and that would be enough in and of itself to push whomever needed to go across the finish line, across the finish line. That was another big thing about the Dawson era of Family Feud that doesn't get talked about, too. Back then, your points were your dollars, and whatever you won in the regular game of Family Feud, you actually got in cash in addition to potential winnings for your, for your fast money.
2: Until $92 a point. Also, after that first while with the 200, most times it was a 300 point total. Final year under Dawson, I believe, 400. I think there was once where it was a five.
3: Yeah, the final episode was 500.
5: Why the hell were they playing? Was there no fast money on that episode? And then they tripled the
3: points. Oh, and there was fast money on that episode. It just happened to be a skunk.
5: Oh, okay. Well then that explains why it ended quickly then. Mm-hmm. Uh Brian, you've been relatively quiet here. Your thoughts on the Family Feud scoring system?
1: I'm I was I was doing research. I apologize.
5: You're good. But overall, your thoughts on the Family Feud scoring system. Um, do you like? Did you like the idea behind having the the point totals being worth cash for the families, or do you think that it's better off that they're doing it now, where the only the team that advances to fast money has the opportunity to play for cash?
1: A couple hundred bucks out of a production budget isn't going to make or break a show. They should. They could. It really it doesn't matter either way, honestly. I, I don't have a strong opinion or preference
2: on, on either system. Recoup the company's uh the family's losses they take to come out and get the show filmed. That's if that
1: is- if the I think I think the production company is putting them up though, as is. Yeah, but you're
5: still, like, you have the issues of missing time with work and then the extra time on either side of the trip in order to readjust your schedule. Because some of these families are coming from across the country, so you have to get used to being on West Coast time, so you're probably coming out a day or two early to adjust.
2: What? West Coast time? Harvey films in Atlanta. No, under the Dawson Dawson run. Dawson
5: filmed in Los Angeles, did
2: he not? Yeah. We're
1: talking oh, both sides here. Sorry. No. Yeah, particular- but I think you could argue that it was easier to get time off of work in the '70s than it was today. Correct. I would agree
5: with that. We have much. We we as a society have a much more structured work schedule now than we did back then. I I will completely agree with that. Eric, I'll ask you the same question. Do you think they should bring back the idea of having the whatever point totals that the families get, giving them that money in cash?
3: Uh-uh. I'm going to be honest, no. I thought it was fine for back then, just like how with the original run of Jeopardy where everybody kept their winnings. But I think even for right now, inflation alone, we are talking so little buying power with that same amount of money. It is entirely negligible. Plus... The way that they adjusted it is perfect. If you go ahead and you steal during gameplay and you steal that round, you get all the points on the board and the points for your answer. I've always been a fan when they changed it to that because yeah. it allowed for those extra dynamics.
5: Uh Jonathan, I saw you about to chime in there. We'll come back to Eric's second point in a second. Go ahead and give me your thoughts on the the cash for the cash for points thing.
2: I'm actually going to spin around a different way. What about, instead of the points, the old four-round rule? That was around for a while. 99-03, family with the highest point total after four run, rounds, won the game regardless of score. Fourth round, point values tripled, and families only allowed one strike if they had control.
5: Well the, the the one strike thing is a is a uh is definitely not a thing anymore cuz they but now they do the thing where Harvey will only read the question once in the final round.
2: Yeah. All right, going and back then it was a one question triple points number one answer only on the board. Yeah, did not like that.
5: Okay, so Eric talked about the adjustment from the uh from the, the, the answers... Sorry, I'm stumbling over myself tonight. I apologize. Uh, okay. Eric mentioned the adjustment of actually adding in the points from the steal answer being included in the round total as well. Do you remember when that change happened, Eric?
3: That was definitely under Combs's run. Uh, I think it was around the time that they added the bullseye round, if I remember correctly.
2: I want to say it was the beginning of Combs, but I could be wrong there.
5: So late 80s, early 90s?
3: I want to say more early 90s because I don't think it was around at the beginning of Combs' run. I don't think.
2: Maybe 90.
5: I remember watching the old episodes on GSN and seeing them not award the points for the answer that the family would steal for and being so accustomed to the current day scoring. I would think to myself, wait, wait a second, that number's not right. And then that's when I do my research and I found out that back then they didn't award the steal value to the answers to that. Cause I think a couple of the video games actually have that flaw as well, where you only get the points that were already on the board. You don't get the points for your
2: answer. Let's mm-hmm. come back to this. I'm going to do some research real fast.
5: all right, Brian, do you have anything to add here? Uh, you said you were doing some research for a topic here, so if you're if you're ready to transition us, I'm more than willing to listen to where you're going to take us.
3: If our <laughs> ah, okay, right yeah, of course you do it right as I unmute you. <laughs>
5: Brian is hitting us with the negative squirrel. Eric, do you have anything here from either era to discuss? We're kind of, I kind of want to try to stay focused on Dawson for a little bit, and then we'll come back to Harvey towards the end of the show.
3: I one thing that I do appreciate, as they mentioned and as we discussed the scoring system, how they made the changes gradual: two hundred for a couple years, then for the majority of the run, three hundred. And as you went to the final round, the dollar values were tripled. But that was usually at the latest, like fifth, sixth round. They always played your three singles, then one, maybe two doubles, and the final round triple if it really got long. And then, as I mentioned, towards the very, very end, 400, 500, et cetera. So it kind of kept pace and with those subtle tweaks, but it was never really a problem that it dramatically affected Gameplay. And I always appreciate that. It's the slow burn. And I'm going back to my famous example of the frog in the pot.
2: The steel points did not get awarded in the Ray Combs pilot. Research continues. Okay. So we've
3: narrowed it down to the pilot in 88. That's a plus.
5: All right. So the current formula for Family Feud, I don't know how much current. syndicated family feud you guys watch i still watch on a somewhat regular basis Uh, two rounds of single one round of double one round of triple do you guys like that idea do you guys think that uh, going back to one of the older formats would work better how would you guys do it if you were in charge let's play you are the producer
3: i mean for me it ties into that four round limit and i would say going back to In case of emergency and you don't have that sort of tiebreaker question ready after the four rounds, be like, all right, after this, the winner goes on to fast money. I think you hit that sweet spot, allowing for a little bit of banter, little bit of those extra moments, while at the same time, you've got a lot of game action.
5: All right, Jonathan. I'm going to ask you the same question. Did you hear what I asked uh, Eric, or are you busy in your I'm research? I'm
2: still in research. Sorry.
5: All right. I can repeat. I can repeat it real quick here for you. Uh, but I only,
2: thank you I, for repeating the question. Glad I will I only. I,
5: I will only repeat it once though, because this is my final question of this segment of the show. Oh okay. Uh, the current format for the syndicated family feud is two rounds of single feud, one round of double points, one round of triple points. Do you like that format, or do you miss the rounds where the gameplay before Fast Money was a more comprehensive part of the show?
2: I see it working because of the fact that, again, modern television you got longer commercial breaks, mm-hmm. gives That's you the fair. condensation you need. Now, in the triple, is it like uh, only the top single answers on the board, and the single strike? Because that is bullshit and needs to get thrown right out.
5: Oh no. no, that's been gone. No, the double and triple, the double and triple points rounds are more condensed answers. It's not like the single rounds are usually like top six or seven on the board. Double is usually top four, top five. Triple is almost exclusively top three or top four.
2: Top three for triple, I'm okay with that. Same. I've always been good with that. And I'm going to try to find 91 and see whether the steel points rule is in effect there or not.
5: Brian, do you have an opinion one way or the other here in terms of gameplay?
3: Let me double check so that we have, because I know he was still muted and also... We're handling some other network stuff behind the scenes.
1: Um, honestly, no. I'm not the biggest Family Feud fanatic or person. Um, so I don't really have much to contribute on this episode. Um, I was never a huge fan of Dawson. And... Steve Harvey, while I don't think it's time for him to go off the air, they need to pull all of these like 784 reruns of old syndicated episodes off the air.
5: Yeah, I would argue they, that Har-
1: they, they air him just way too much during the day. And it's caused me to pull a mental checkout on Harvey doing feud. That isn't to say he isn't doing a good job with it. It's just Harvey is suffering the same problem that Dawson ultimately suffered which led to Dawson's downfall which was oversaturation. Dawson mm-hmm. was doing an ABC show, he was doing a syndicated daytime show and ABC had him doing primetime specials. Dawson or um Harvey is pretty much in the direction of um He's doing Celebrity Family Feud. He's got the... I believe it's fully in syndication. He's not doing network and syndication anymore. I know at one point it was... At, it is, uh, yeah. Yeah, full it's,
3: Cindy for the regular version. But
1: Correct. GSN, it's that's half of their content library. Buzzer ain't that much better. So, um. So, so I your, think we're getting... So I think if if anything ca- if anything causes Harvey to get thrown off the air it's going to be the same problem that people had with Dawson and, which, which is, is overexposure, overexposure not necessarily Harvey's talent. Let and- me ask you this
5: let me ask you this that is kind of a branch off question and then i'll let it'll let jonathan contribute what he has here do you think we've reached the era of oversaturation for family feud in general like a lot of game shows have like a certain kind of set timeline where they can run and still be interesting you mentioned that Price is right has kind of hit its expiration date you it's best by date here has family feud done the same to you brian
1: It's a difficult question to answer because if I if you gave me family feud in like the current pressure luck format or card sharks format or whatever, where I'm getting a fresh episode a week that, you know, and there's not I I don't have to deal with certain networks running it in, you know, syndicated reruns for, you know, six hours plus a day or a day. Yeah, I think in that regard, yeah, Family Feud has ran its course, but the format is evergreen, the host is still evergreen, it's simply an overexposure problem, and the way to solve it is, quite frankly, um, I believe it's Fremantle that owns syndication rights to this, I don't know who owns syndication rights to New Feud anymore, um,
5: I think it's for Mantle Media at the end of the episodes in syndication right now.
1: I think for Mantle needs to like say, "Hey, you're degrading our main product by airing our reruns too much. We're not going to sell you the rights to air reruns six hours a day, every day." Eric, I, have we- I think, I, I, think that the, I think that the number one thing at the end of the day. Is it isn't that that at that the show or Harvey has ran its course? It's there's just too much of it out there, so you have you have created an x you've you've created artificial excess supply.
5: Uh, go, go ahead, Jonathan. You tried to chime in twice there.
2: Fremantle Media owns since two thousand two. And ninety one to ninety four, somewhere in that range, is when the point stealing rule changed.
5: All right, as I will. As ask good you, as you're going to
2: get in this quick research period. All
5: right, I will ask you the same question I just asked Brian, uh, Jonathan, and that will be: Have we reached the point of oversaturation for Family Feud? Brian says yes.
2: You see, there's a problem the U.S. government encountered when they started printing all the stimulus money and just started printing money. That's what's going on currently with Feud. Fremantle just keeps printing Feud. And the value of each episode of Feud thus goes down. It is simple supply and demand. Fremantle, if you're listening to this, cut the Feud frequency. Protect your show from going stale Faster. Stretch it out. Make it last. Like, you know, a good pizza dough. That is not a deep dish pizza. And if you want to hear my rants on deep dish pizza, you know a show to listen to.
5: Eric, same question. Have we reached the point of oversaturation of Family Feud?
3: Absolutely. I think GSN is finally wising up and having more original content to supplement so they don't heavily rely on his family feud as much. We see that in the changes in their style and their ratings. I honestly think with syndication, you get to the point to where that that's too much. You have your fresh season with the summer fun and games. Exactly. Your fresh season with the summer fun and games. Your hour a week, which you still get two episodes in one. You still get the viral moments and you rebuild How can I best say this? You bring it back to the heights of your must-see, draw everybody around their devices to watch the show. Because if you have it on it every time with all this syndication, yes, you run into that syndication in general, especially with fans of the shows who have seen them first run to begin with, and then you start getting the issues and repeats and everything with syndication, production specials and everything else, that gets a little bit taxing.
5: I will agree with that to an extent. I believe that having it airing in a specialized format, such as a fun and games lineup or a, say a weekly television show during the TV season, I feel like you could do that. The issue that I have is I don't think you should rely on the gimmickry of a celebrity family feud in order to do that. Because I think the appeal of family feud to the masses is the fact that it is everyday families playing on these shows rather than having those specialized versions with celebrities, with firefighters, with nurses, with doctors, with wrestlers, with whatever the case may have been.
3: And you can balance that out with that level of gimmickry, as you said. It's to the point to where, and let's face it, every show has a celebrity version at some point to keep it going. Wheel of Fortune, name that tune. I can go on and on, even in the current landscape. So you're going to have to keep that element there. But if you want to keep it outside of the summer as a weekly thing, just like that, absolutely fine by me.
5: Brian has something to say to this, so I will go to Mr. Espinoza.
1: So I'm pretty sure I've said it before, but if not, I'm going to say it again. Any time an established game show format turns to adding celebrities that weren't there from the word go, you know the format is Jumping the Shark. Ding, number four
5: answer, Jumping the Shark. Yeah, I... Oh, so Eric just mentioned, and uh, this is slightly- <laughs> Did you have more, Brian?
1: Brian Espinosa will no longer be seen tonight. <laughs> you can find him on Twitter at the TheEdesian. I apologize.
3: Thank you for I, listening. I, I, I got to
1: work on that. Go ahead.
3: No, it wasn't that. It's never mind. It was at the very beginning of the show. We finally cleared the board. But, no, I got That's that. what that base poem was. Like no, I, I heard that. Remember,
5: I was listening on uh, Facebook. No, did you have anything to add to the celebrity comment there, Brian?
1: You mean my own celebrity comment?
5: Yes. Did you have anything to add to it? No,
1: that's it. I've said my piece.
5: Okay, because you, you I sometimes get yelled at for moving on too quickly. No, no, no. You you're
1: fine. I've got Mister Bad Gimmicks above me, who is soft who's throwing well, us off the rails here.
5: Well, there's a reason that I came back to this episode because apparently sick Harry doesn't get to rest when Nielsen's the host.
3: They should have never gave that ninja power.
5: (laughs) Give yourself a monkey.
3: It had been too long.
2: I think that's the latest first monkey this show has ever had.
5: We
1: had to get at least one in. The fact fact that we managed to go nearly an hour and 20 minutes with no monkeys is terrifying.
5: There were monkey-worthy comments, just nobody offered up a monkey for them. Anyways, um, going back to what I was just about to say, to the point that Eric just made about the whole celebrity thing as well, and that Brian chimed in on as well, I tried to watch Celebrity Name That Tune. I got like 15 minutes into the Kelly Osbourne episode, and I'm like, fuck this. So there is a excess gimmickry involved when you involve celebrities. Certain shows have made it work. Uh, Celebrity Wheel of Fortune actually isn't bad, in my opinion, but in fairness... Hmm. But in fairness, I think Wheel of Fortune is one of those carte blanche shows that works regardless of who's participating.
3: Melissa Joan Hart doesn't count. Well, and... (laughs) And I'll briefly just say this, aside from that, as we get the old four second glare from Nielsen over here, if there's changes in Wheel of Fortune, especially with what we've talked about in previous news desks, that's going to make a significant shift in the celebrity version as well. So, yeah.
5: We'll have to see what happens to the celebrity version should the actual nighttime edition change. But back to the topic at hand here with with yeah. Family Feud and, and its oversaturation. I agree with you in the fact that I think getting rid of it airing as much as it does through syndication, through regular daytime syndication because there are some stations that do air old episodes of Family Feud uh, during the daytime spot, similar to what Jeopardy is doing now too with that daytime Jeopardy that they do because um, one of my local TV stations, WYTV does daytime Jeopardy at 5.30, which is just two hours before the regular Jeopardy airs. And that's going to throw off people that are used to watching it at 7.30 here in the market.
3: WTLV
2: or 30 p.m.? Local mm. time to that point, the show that does celebrities right, Jeopardy! Because celebrity Jeopardy, Michael McCain has never lost.
5: Anyways,
1: back to what I was saying. If that was supposed to be like a comeback shots fired at me for Melissa Joan Hart not counting, you totally missed the mark.
2: I totally had to look up the name because I forgot it.
3: Anyway, that well, Jack- Anyways, because I I, discussed that in the news desk. Oh, yeah, we do still have a a
5: miniature news desk to get to, don't we? All right, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Gentlemen, we wrap up. We wrap up.
1: I was going to say something real quick. There was, I'm pretty sure, a point in time in history where you could quite literally, it would obviously require some channel surfing, but you could watch 24 hours straight of family Feud.
5: Absolutely. Especially with different channels like buzzer and GSN. And now the
1: and uh, and that, streaming that, is frankly, streaming. And no, I'm talking about onto regular terrestrial television, which, okay, granted, you know, buzzer is a part of, but still, at least in certain markets, uh, still, that's a problem when you can watch the uh, the same freaking show. Twenty-four hours straight across probably five networks, if I, that.
5: I think that's Eric,
1: too much. I
5: made that same joke earlier in the podcast, and no one acknowledged it
3: because you if did it, it
2: silent. It is a W two and a network exclusive. You did it silent
5: me
1: it's overselling right. gimmicks is a W two web network exclusive.
5: All right. Back, back on track here, folks, because we do Just have a like couple. Like
1: Eric, no selling gimmicks is a W two M network exclusive.
5: Rail check. <laughs> um, <laughs> getting there. Where all right, no,
1: we don't need no stinking rails. <laughs> I'm on a soapbox.
5: Anyways, all right, uh, Eric, my graphic, please.
3: All right, please hold. Had to type a message.
5: Thank you very much, gentlemen. I teased asking this question at. During the episode last week, I'm going to finish with it here. That's
1: for Eric, and he knows why.
5: I'm going to finish with it here. The I've got a question graphic is up for our audio listeners. Our video listeners will know what that means, but for our audio listeners, I've got a question, and I take you back to what I said last week. Rank them in order. How would you rank rank? Excuse me. How would you rank the six hosts? Of Family Feud Mr. Espinoza You are the self-described Least advocate of this show I'll let you go first
1: I, I don't know if I would go that far I am the least advocate Of certain hosts Not necessarily the show
5: Okay well In what particular order would you put Said six hosts Um Start at the bottom work your way to the top Drake style
1: Started from the bottom. Now we here. Started from the bottom. Now a whole keg fucking
3: here.
5: <laughs> Thought it was the whole team here, but regardless,
3: whatever. Did I radio see see? radio edit? Trust me. Okay. To the point. <laughs> uh, rank them in order: six to one.
1: Look, I'm the producer in this year'
3: podcast. I'll take as long as I freaking like it. I'll put whatever order I want. <laughs> what are you trying? Are you really trying to pull a Jesus and Meryl like they did with the fish sandwiches? Anyway? No, I'm, a-
1: I'm asserting executive privilege because I have that here on this network. I got yelled at for calling you an executive two weeks ago. I'm a senior producer, but I still have executive privilege. It's two totally separate things. Is it there do be facts
3: executive- though? <laughs> Eric monkey knows for what
2: that facts, though.
1: <laughs> All right, so I should have stayed sick tonight. And eh, well, I should have never gave that Nielsen power. I didn't do this to you. You did this to you. I'm sorry. I just I saw a motion for a monkey.
2: And now we're being properly heavy handed on the monkey. Again, they should never give
3: that. They should have never gave that Nielsen power. Did it even better than me. Hmm. Chef's kiss. Anyways,
5: we made it 77 (laughs) minutes without one. I guess we needed a series of them to close the show. Go ahead. Your ratings, Mr. Espinoza.
1: Look, I am trying to like, you know, wake myself up mentally here because I just did the gauntlet of tournament analysis for, for, League to the backs or whatever.
5: Do you need to wait and go later in the episode?
1: No. Um,
5: well, then somebody gets your goddamn ratings on this goddamn episode.
2: How about I cash in? Fail.
1: <laughs> and shush. Oh, Other way. Shush. <laughs> Yeah, Wall, shut up. No one was talking to you. <laughs> Before it becomes Brian Espinosa, the host moderator of this show.
3: Well, I mean if I should have going... never gave any of you Nielsen's power. Well, I mean if we're going down this road. <laughs> oh hey. for crying
1: out loud.
3: <laughs> hey, somebody <laughs> finally gets it.
1: Uh, I oh I see what you're doing there, So Don't you even try. Don't you even fucking try, you some bitch. We're
3: back. We're finally check.
1: back. Real check. <laughs> I'ma come over there and give you four seconds, you some bitch. Anyways. Um now Do
2: you have anything to do with these red lights suddenly appearing on i Uh, so uh, could have made a joke about how you said that but if
3: anybody (laughs) needs to buy time i can go with my rankings first
1: no 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 i got it i got it i'm okay all
3: right um at the
1: bottom of the shit list which i really shouldn't call it a shit list but at, at the bottom of the list here tier list at the bottom of the list here Um, I think, I don't know, it's kind of tough, right? I'm not a fan of Karn, nor am I a fan of Hurley, right? I think at the end of the day, if I really look at it, right, I think I have to put O'Hurley at the absolute bottom. I think he was the least memorable out of the entire run of the entire series Oh, Hurley is a talented actor and comedian, and I think his talents were absolutely wasted on Family Feud, and it did absolutely nothing to better his career. If anything, I think it damaged it. Um and because I I I I, I, I am being told to stop at getting interrupted because interrupting me is also a W2 Web Network gimmick infringement
3: exclusive.
5: I kind of think roundtabling it In terms of where we would rank everybody Might be more interesting Like how you just gave your number six Going around and getting everybody's number six And then number fives and like in that order I think that might be more interesting
2: yeah, I've got my list Yeah, but I wasn't
1: done yet
5: Continue talking about O'Hurley And then we'll move on
1: um, Because some of us here Like numbers And others like our numbers done for them As I get the death glares from people, oh, um, I have to. That only took 90 minutes before we got off the rails. It's no big deal. It's got to be a record for this show, though. Um, after the come to Jesus talk, we that's the third time tonight, Watkins. <laughs>
5: Okay, so his number six is John (laughs) O'Hurley.
1: So my number six is John O'Hurley, and because we love numbers around here, and we like giving numerical grades to shit, I would have to give O'Hurley a somewhat ironic 60.
5: Okay. Uh, Nielsen, who would you put in sixth place?
2: I also put O'Hurley down there, but I give him a 75.
5: Mr. I'm Watkins, who, who's in sixth? I
3: was. Who's in sixth place for you? I'm going to be different, and I am going to say corn. Fifty-three, because again, I think you know the saying: nothing is better than bad. Not having a gimmick is better than relying on your old kind of gimmick and shtick from Home Improvement. Fifty-three, you failed him. Again, I'm sorry. And you're not going to like the rest of my rankings if that's how you feel with this one.
1: He failed Richard Karn like Richard Karn would have failed that Home Depot in California that failed its fire inspection and went up in flames last week.
3: Hashtag news desk? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Now you're stealing my gimmick of just kind of throwing out random facts and shit? I don't know whether they're not get into off another. Or impressed. But anyway, let's
5: not get into another golden century conversation, please. All right. Um I'm actually going to be different than all than all of you. Nielsen and Espinosa are sitting on the O'Hurley thing at 6th. Watkins has Richard Karn. I have Louis Anderson in 6th. I was not a fan of Louie. Don't you, you death don't you, 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 you got a rating number? don't you death glare me Espinosa
3: wait 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 let's do this
2: properly
5: Louie did Louie did not work for the show in my opinion
2: you got a grade to put behind that sixth place ranking
5: 65. wow all right Espinosa who do you have in fifth unmute your microphone please I think I'm being motherfucked in about three different languages there.
3: No,
1: hey Harry, where's
5: that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna have to actually get a physical SAP button for when this happens on the show, anyways.
1: uh, English, god damn it!
5: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Who's who's in fifth place for you, Espinoza?
1: En el número cinco lugar, yo lo voy a poner al señor Richard Carn. Yo lo lo pienso que no será un buen persona para el show. Tú estaba poniendo un persona que será un actor entre un programa que será un comedy. Eso me lo está presiendo Un SAP button for that some bitch. Eso no va a funcionar bien.
3: El botón de SAP es
5: You do realize that the vast majority of our audience is English. Now, please, in English.
1: Well, I mean, he's absolutely I'll right. I'll do a show in Spanish about game shows with Sean Garber. At least Good us getting him to show Americans. up. At least us South Americans can
3: stick together. I, I mean, I can help produce that if you, you want. I mean... That was, really? Oh, so gonna... went that Costi... was entirely facetious. Jesus
1: Christ. Okay, so I'll say it in <laughs> English.
5: Nobody Since put over SA... what I said.
1: Since the SAP button got hit. Um, I put Richard Karn in fifth place. You took an actor from a, uh, 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 like, sitcom. I, I, I don't even know if you want to call it a sitcom in, in situational comedy, but
2: it's
1: you, sitcom you 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 took an actor from a sitcom and put him into a game show hosting role where he has to go from a serious persona to actually being funny and well quite frankly it just didn't work karn is karn was karn is a good comedian karn is a good actor but he just didn't work for the format of feud
3: Y eso es porque
1: lo pusieron el señor Carn en el oh, en el uh,
3: en el lugar cinco. Ah, uh, need need un score. Necesitamos un grado, señor
1: Grace Minosa. Ah, oh, igual sí, necesitamos un grado. Ah, uh, creo que nos va a poner a sesenta y cinco.
5: For those of you that don't speak, 75. No, 65.
2: Oh, sesenta, no setenta. Hey, I only know numbers, damn it. Yeah, 65 65.
5: I I picked the wrong week to show up to work today.
1: (laughs) You're no, no, you picked the not even the wrong week week, to quit sniffing
3: glue. No, I'd be taking cough medicine. No, let's let's make the proper reference. You're not even supposed to be here today.
2: Fair Uh, Watkins gets a monkey. Proper reference
5: is proper. Gimmick infringery of this network. What you're saying is y'all didn't do this to me, I did this to me.
2: So it begins. <laughs>
1: So you know, before we move further, gentlemen, I've learned a very valuable lesson this evening. As much as it's as much as we can like streamline this show by doing it entirely straight, man, it just doesn't work without a little bit of gimmick infringement and comedy thrown in. We have to be able to go off the rails a little bit.
5: We just have to make sure we find our way to steer back one to them when the time comes. Nielsen, number five for your ratings. Don't
2: tag your clock, show, maybe you Maybe cruise control for cool, but you do still need to steer. I echo the Karn at number five. However, I him in eighty. still host a good show, but La these at least get you towards your degrees.
3: 80 is un poco más alto, pero that's a different story.
2: Keep in mind, I gave un a hurley a
1: seventy five. Hey,
2: hey, I gave a difference in grade of five points just like you did. I just started higher.
3: Fair.
5: Anyways, I'm writing everybody's numbers down. I know you I, I know you gave uh Karn a fifty-three, Eric. You're up for number five.
2: Oh, uh, I've got a notepad with everybody's scores. Beat you
1: to it, Harry. <laughs> I'll share it on screen at the end. Yeah. Esto, esta es no lo un de no no que mute me. Solamente hay que presionar el SAP button for that some bitch Still have it.
5: <laughs> it's a KFC napkin from dinner tonight, but I still have it. Anyways, Watkins, who's your number five?
3: Well, just like we have like we they have Harby's their flip-flops from dinner, I've got my flip-flop, and I am putting O'Hurley at five, and I'm giving more than a five-point difference. I'm giving him a 65 because, again, while it was relatively gimmick-free for him, especially – carrying over from to tell the truth it fit for as long as it did and he kind of shortchanged himself and was shortchanged by the show simultaneously sometimes you don't do things just to get that extra little bit of a paycheck
5: um okay Thank you, Nielsen. Appreciate that. Um, I'm going to agree with Eric here. I'm going to put John O'Hurley in fifth place as well. And I'm going to slightly bump him above the 65 that I just gave Louis Anderson. And in honor of Eric, no, I'm kidding.
3: Oh, you're not going to be nice. You're not. Uh,
5: well, I was going to give him a 70, but in honor of Eric, I'll give him a 69. Nice. 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 <laughs> Because why the hell not? Um, The issue with O'Hurley isn't so much that he wasn't good as a presenter. The issue with O'Hurley is that he was too dry for Family Feud. It takes a quick wit. It takes snappy repartee. It takes the ability to get in and out of a conversation in order to host a show like Family Feud. And John O'Hurley did not have that ability in my opinion. Louis was a little heavy-handed with it. O'Hurley didn't possess it.
2: And we move up the board for our number four answers. Going back over
5: to Mr. Espinosa,
1: preferably in English. I can't press on an SAP button for that sumbish before I go speaking in English. Oh, wait, I'm already in English. If you hit the SAP button, they go to Spanish.
5: That's why I'm not pressing it. Continue. <laughs>
1: Damn it, my trap failed. Uh, anyways, no. Lo siento um, a todos, uh, Stop uh, it, watch it!
5: God damn it!
1: Oye,
3: oye, no, 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 Tú no, 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 a
1: he was apologizing to our South American listeners.
5: <laughs> Harry Broadhurst, no estás aquí.
1: <laughs> esta noche?
5: Estoy, estoy aquí. <laughs> if I'm going to conjugate, I should at least do it correctly. Anyways, go ahead, Nielsen, number four. Or Espinosa, number four.
1: Senor Harry Broadhurst, no va a estar aquí esta noche.
5: Well, I wasn't earlier. I am now. Continue. check. Four. I mean, we're getting there. Go ahead, Brian. Number four.
1: Fine. Jesus. No, I'm stalling because I'm legitimately like going through my head here trying to think, who do I, who do I place fourth? This is kind of tough,
3: right? Because I I don't
5: think so. Well, in fairness, I have somebody left that you guys don't. So,
3: Um, oh, I've, I've already got my top four answers, so. I got the well, whole
5: list, baby. Uh, what you're telling me is your top four answers are on the board and just waiting to be revealed. Gotcha.
3: That
5: checks out. They Show me
3: rail check.
2: <laughs> Zero. <laughs>
1: that all deserves a monkey for all of us get a collective monkey for anting
3: him at the same time.
2: That's one strike. Three strikes to end the show.
3: No, don't encourage him. <laughs> yes,
1: in that case, I'll go for two. Show me SAB button.
4: <laughs>
1: um. Okay, I needed that humor, actually. Um, <laughs> that's Harry. I understand is <laughs> he still a mistake.
3: <laughs>
1: Please, we're
5: right at the end of the show. Can we get through this so I can go get some sleep?
2: Uh you asked sorry Harry, I have no bottles today. No, they said you asked so nicely.
5: Thank you. Um
1: uh,
2: Dawson Combs, Anderson or Harvey?
1: John I'm sorry Because I know this is probably going to offend you the most But I think I have to say Ray Combs
2: Explain yourself And your
1: score Now, don't get me wrong. I am firmly into the territory of hosts that are in, like, passing grades, right? Like, I give Combs an 80. Ain't getting worse from here.
2: But... I appreciate the 15-point jump. Combs...
1: Fundamentally, as the host of Family Feud, right, Combs did a good job. Combs, however, had the same but opposite problem that Dawson had, that we talked about last week. Dawson tried to make the show his own and was self-centered, egotistical in his self-centered and egotistical nature, right? Combs wanted the show to be the 30-minute Ray Combs stand-up hour set against the backdrop of an American game show. That's where, ultimately, at the end of the day, and I say this with no disrespect to Ray Combs, he was a tremendous host. He was very talented, but... He wasn't in it for the right reasons. That's why I put him so far down on the list. And to be honest with you, it's a coin flip in all honesty between him and Anderson. When I really sit down and think about it, because as much as I want to give Anderson second, that means I have to put Dawson or Harvey in third. And one of the two of them definitely deserved the number one spot.
2: Since Harry had to step away because of being sick of hearing us going off the rails, apparently. He got, he got sick has- of me going off in Spanish.
3: I'm about to he, say, he's allergic to Spanish. So he, he, he had,
1: as Peggy Hill would say, el vomitando, la diarrhea. <laughs> once
3: once Eric gets back September
2: Nielsen number four. My number four <laughs> at a grade of eighty two that's just two above Karn. Louis Anderson.
5: I, I figured that was coming.
2: Oh, wow. Anderson tried to push that envelope, and he, he pulled a Godfrey. He pushed it too far. Guy walks
4: this-
5: into a bar.
3: Never mind. I was about to say, but what's his thumb covering it? You?
1: you fool!
5: Rest in peace, Gilbert.
1: I shall spare you with my Gilbert Gottfried impersonation.
5: It is getting better. I will give him that. All right, go Thanks ahead. It's still not as
4: good as mine, Eric. Eric. No. Oh
5: wait, did you give him? Oh, you you said us. You said, uh, said eighty two for 82. Louis. Okay, go ahead, Eric.
3: I'm also putting Louie in fourth. I'm not going to give him that as high, though, but I am adjusting as far as, like, with a little bit of a curve, everything going on, and as you went with the show, he had the potential for doing better, but unfortunately, circumstances did not allow. Nevertheless, for me, I think a 78 is fair. Close a little bit more and you get those B's, but as they say, B's and C's get you your degree. 78 is all right in my book. I'm actually going to Can agree. Can we
1: take a moment to say that Nielsen looks like he just got possessed by a ghost with his hair there?
5: <laughs> Fixed. He got swayzy Never go full swayzy
1: I was about to sit here. It's in Chupacabra! It's the Chupacabra!
5: again with the king of the hill references
2: be careful i got bottles full of all, right. all right we all, all right. know we, we all, all right. know that boy ain't we'll right check. so
3: we all know that boy ain't right so get to your number four
5: i'm gonna start selling propane and propane accessories before this episode is over
1: <laughs> anyways hopefully our viewers are enjoying this podcast with some popcorn and popcorn accessories
2: Bob Barker's not amused.
5: Two out of three ain't bad. Anyways, they could enjoy it with some
2: meatloaf. Spaghetti and meatballs? And now the gimmick is
3: officially dead. Over to <laughs> Harry Broadhurst. <laughs> um,
5: with apologies to Mr. Nielsen, I'm going to agree with Brian here, and I'm going to put Ray Combs in fourth. And the reason I'm going to put Ray Combs in fourth is, again, it's going to go back to what I said last week when we were discussing him. I have very limited interaction with the Ray Combs era of Family Feud. However, what I have seen, what I have seen based on like the WWF WBF episodes, and then obviously the 200 Pranks episode there, Combs understood what his responsibility as the host of Family Feud was. He was there to make the people around him the star while having his moments whenever the, shot, the spotlight happened to shine on him. The problem was, is as we talked about last week when we, discussed the, when we discussed the way that the transition was handled, and again, I highly recommend you guys check out that YouTube video that we talked about about the way that Dawson came back to Family Feud in 94 that we discussed. His, his time please, in the
1: spot. Please be advised. There are trigger warnings for sensitive content on that episode. As well as on that YouTube video as well.
5: Um, I will give I will give Ray Holmes a seventy-five, based on what I have seen. However, I will also put a NC next to that seventy-five for not complete rating.
2: A seventy-five and an incomplete.
5: Okay. We now go to your bronze medalist, Mister Espinoza.
1: This is, I think, where it starts to get tougher, right? Because at this point, once you figure out the number three, I think the number two and the number one come pretty easy. At least in my book, right? At the moment, I can tell you right now, it's not Steve Harvey. I am very much torn between louie anderson and richard dawson
5: for second and third you mean
1: for 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 third right now yeah okay um i haven't made up my mind on who's number one yet
5: well if you give us three you'll definitely know who two and one are
1: that's what I said. Once I figure out who three is, I know who I'm probably likely to pick for two and one. Actually, I already, I yeah, I do know who I'm going to pick for two and one. Depending on who I pick for three, the problem is, is well, picking three. On one hand, you have Richard Dawson, who very talented game show host. He was amazing at making somebody a star and the center of attention, even with the most dud of a family or a contestant, right? He he had this way, especially with women, but it even worked on The Gentleman, of putting people at ease, which, as a game show host, is a required skill. If you can't work with a dud contestant, you're no good as a game show host, which is part of the reason why I also ranked O'Hurley and Karn as low as I did. But you also have Dawson's blasé attitude towards the show, the staff, Howard Felscher, like everything involved, right? So that's a pretty severe detractor. On the other hand, you have Louis Anderson. Louis Anderson, albeit a short run, was actually pretty good as a host. The main problem with Louis Anderson's run, and the only thing that I could fault him for, and I can't even technically fault him for it because it's not his fault. Was the mental illness that he was struggling through and the severe depression that the man was battling with, you know, all of his demons, <clears throat> the personal life, the stalker, all of that bullshit that was going on while he was in the middle of his family feud run. I think, and I, and I will contend this until the day that I die, that if Anderson were hosting feud today... He would be better than any other. Yeah, he would have swung it out of the park. He would do better than anybody else that's come to host the show. Hashtag bring
2: back Anderson.
1: Well, you can't because he's dead. Hashtag rerun Anderson. Oof. But. I mean, I'm just stating the facts. It do be facts, though. He ain't lying. So that's where I'm torn. Because while Anderson had his faults, the faults I can't really hold against him, so I have to only hold him on his merits. And his merits were a hell of a lot better, frankly, than anybody else that's hosted the show outside of Harvey. So therein lies the rub. And I think, as I sit here and, and kind of go through the rationale and the reasoning out loud, which is kind of helping with the decision here as I kind of go through my final thought on this, I think at the end of the day, I have to give Richard Dawson third place.
5: You might as well finish out your ratings here because you more or less already have. Which
1: I said, I already had this decision and I'm kind of second guessing myself on it, even though I don't think I should be. Yes. I think if Anderson hosted the show now free of his mental demons, if you will, he would have knocked the show clean out of the park. At the end of the day, I give Dawson an 85. He was damn good at what he did. He just needed to be a lot less pompous at doing it. I give Louie second place with an 89. Actually, no, I'm going to correct that. I'm going to say a 90. I truly think, even though you could tell that something wasn't right with Louie by watching those episodes, he still did a hell of a lot better job. He was the host that was the most free and clear of animosity, scandal, etc. He had a stalker. That ruined his life and forced him into depression. That ain't his fault. Oh, Hurley fell flat. Karn was a bad transplant. Dawson was egotistical. And quite frankly, and I and I and, I, and I, I say this as a matter of fact, not as a matter of insult, but quite a bit perverted. At least. By modern standards. And Combs was too self-centered. It doesn't take away from any of the efforts that these gentlemen did and the entertainment value that they provided us. That's just some of them ended up better than others. Because of those demons behind the scenes which effectively leaves me with no choice but to give Harvey the number one spot. And I kind of waffled for a moment there because I was thinking about giving Anderson the number one spot, but at the end of the day, I'm going to stick with Harvey for the simple fact of this. Harvey is doing something that none of the other hosts in this run, and I think arguably no other host in television right now aside from maybe Elizabeth Banks, is really doing. Which is realizing that this is 2022 and realizing the digital landscape, the social media landscape, and the way that people interact with content. These, the hosts that are on TV right now are engaging content in the traditional broadcast mindset because they are on traditional broadcast television. Something that I think Steve Harvey, and like I said, to a lesser extent, Elizabeth Banks is doing is when they realize that they've got a viral moment on their hands they will flat out turn around, and you know, not only do they pounce on it and handle it the right way, they're like, you know, Steve Harvey several times. Joe asked about to be on YouTube. Like Harvey knows how to handle the weird contestants, the dud contestants, the the weird ass answers. I mean, I'm not going to play the clips, but you know, Potlon comes to mind. Naked Grandma
2: comes to mind.
1: Show me Naked Granny!
2: Um, The the, two contestants not buzzing in at the podium because they are One of them being a Marine. Yeah, you know, there's...
1: Sure, Dawson has the most episodes on record taped, right? And I don't think Steve Harvey's ever going to beat that, even if you give him another 10 years, another 10 years of running the show. I don't think Harvey will beat it, but Harvey by and far has more viral and memorable moments of his run than any of the other hosts. Even if you add them all up combined, cause sit there and think about it. What's the number one moment that you can think of for Dawson memorable moment for Dawson?
5: We played it earlier, September. Yeah, September,
1: exactly. Number one moment
2: for combs.
5: The 200 point win.
2: That's Dis- second disagree. Disagree. For, yeah. for combs, in my opinion. I'm, I'm not, not saying mine for combs when I talk about combs. I, I'm I'm not saying that
1: we have to agree on this. I'm just saying in general. Right? Mm-hmm. The rest of these hosts have very few what we would consider in this day and age viral moments for a show that has a format that lends itself to creating viral moments and stuff that should be in the funniest game show contestants bloopers, nine TV land compilation thing. You didn't get a lot of family feud there. So, at the end of the day, I'm going to have to say Harvey, Anderson, sorry, I said that backwards. No, yeah, Harvey, Anderson, Dawson, Carn. sorry, no, sorry, Anderson, Anderson Collins, Karn, Karn, oh, Harvey,
2: yeah. You never gave a number for her, uh, for uh, Steve
1: Harvey. Harvey, I'm going to give a 91. He edges out Louis Anderson, but not by much.
5: Mr. Nielsen.
2: And that has been we're, my final thought. Back we're to on. Me. So, to recap mine, since we're going through the whole list, my bottom is John O'Hurley at 75. Then we go to Richard Carnett, 80. Louis Anderson, 82. My third is Steve Harvey. The humor has gone too lowbrow for my personal taste. Call me the old man of the team.
5: You're the old man of the team.
2: I am the old man of the team. And also, yeah, pandering to the digital media lowers things, in my opinion. Because, yeah, I admit, that's what you got to do in the modern era. Did this exist in the 70s? No. Did the internet even exist in 76? No. ARPANET was barely even crunched.
3: Ah, uh, asterisk. ARPANET was technically 1969 for the NASA moon missions. I'll shut up.
2: Uh, terrestrial, it came later. But now we're arguing syntax and semantics. So my, from the 82, and I adjusted these numbers slightly while Brian was talking. I upped Steve Harvey from an 85 to an 88 for third. Solid B+, plus, but nothing for me to write home about in the Warden A. Dawson, number 2, 89. The personality and 94 deny Dawson. The 90 score. The moments for Ray Combs, you got to watch for. He is the originator of the Celebrity Edition Family Feud. You had the Young and the Restless versus The Price is Right. You had WWE versus WCW. These are the moments.
3: Nope, nope.
5: Asterisk, chime in. WWF versus
3: WBF. Resume.
2: You are technically correct. The best kind of correct. My point still stands. This is when Ray Combs shined. Yeah. He is the ultimate game show troll of all time for the 200 point gimmick. Yeah. But where he shined, you put him with the celebrities. Here's what you should have done. You put him with the celebrities, and maybe if you brought him in a little earlier, either you let Dawson continue with the traditional or Anderson. I think that combination of all chain the host for Celebrity versus Don, I think that would have, one, stemmed Combs' issues he was going with, preventing him from getting typecast as the host. Of game shows exclusively. And it might have prevented Louis Anderson from going down that dark road he did. So, Harvey 88, Dawson 89, Combs gets a 97.
1: Can I just say for the record that I expected this out of him?
2: Oh, 100%. I up on After- right
5: fucking. Combs. After the soapbox he went on in last week's episode I 100% expected him to take gold for, for Nielsen This is not at all a surprise Mr. Watkins br- Recap your bottom three And then
3: award your medals, sir So Recapping of my bottom three Richard Garn In last place With the 53 O'Hurley in fifth with, I believe I gave him 65. I have to go back, remember right? Yes, 65. And then Louis Anderson just missing the podium with a 78. My bronze medalist, and you're going to hear some familiar scores, just for different reasoning. My bronze medalist is also Steve Harvey, also chiming in in an 88. Even taking the digital age and everything out of it, I like, as we all know, the lower-brow humor, and I think he does it just right. And I think he's able to parlay that and play a variety of different ways, sometimes straight, sometimes blue, whatever. Uh, To me, it's to the point that Not necessarily him in particular wearing old because he's not. Not so much the show wearing old because for the most part it hasn't. But instead of, oh, he's just past his peak and he's lucky enough to parlay that into something else, I think even he himself is getting that going to have that even broader. Better platform, in my mind, for Judge Steve Harvey than with Family Feud. You have a lot of those elements, but I think unless you make some different tweaks with Feud, he's probably going to transition more and more to Judge Steve Harvey. And I would be okay with that. In silver, also within 89, is Ray Combs. Yes, you have the 200-point troll. Yes, you have the moment where the contestant said, oh, you're going to kiss me, planted one on him. He's left there shaking, wobbly, and all that. I know you knew that moment. I know you knew that moment, Nielsen. All of that, especially with the celebrities, even certain celebrities at that time.
2: Physical comedy, yeah, got to mention that, too.
3: Physical comedy, even with some of the celebrity episodes. You mentioned WWF versus WBF. You had ASC versus NFC in football. You had a lot of different models of magazines that i been of age at that time. I would have perused. So let's give it all that. And again, for everything that he went through and for everything that was taken from him, still a damn good run. And it was underrated, especially... For what they tried to force upon him, countering what he was trying to do with the show. I think had you let him let loose, he would have had a higher ranking. Now that said, my my gold medalist, Dawson, but only with the 91. And I honestly think that sort of blase casual attitude at times helped he parlayed that from match game to feud perfectly unfortunately the way that he was imperfectly at the time in 76 by the time 85 rolled around and we said this with the cultural changes he was done had things played out different, maybe he would have gotten an extra couple of years. We don't know. And even then, as we saw in 94, a little bit too much of the 70s, Dawson. And that's part of the reason why it didn't work. But I think just that little bit of air of class with that little bit of... Man of the world, which was big at those times, as we always say for Eats, sometimes you say, manger," which he did. It worked, but the show and everything around the show kind of outlasted him. If we talk a shorter run, say instead of 85, maybe if it ends in 81, cult favorite at that time. And I'll say that. I
2: didn't hear your Harvey
3: number. My Harvey was in uh, 88, Combs 89, Dawson 91. Got it. Had a number in the wrong column.
5: Anderson got a 65 for me. I was not a fan of Louie's run on, on Family Feud. Granted, Brian did bring up an excellent point about his personal life, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's all we had to go on. Right. If circumstances were different, could Anderson have been higher? Absolutely. Anderson was a very funny guy. He proved that in his post-feud life with baskets.
3: Mm-hmm. And even with life with Louis and everything else.
5: I believe life with Louie was pre-feud, though.
3: Yeah, it was, but I'm saying you got... That window before and after versus that, wrong place, wrong time.
5: All right. Uh, then I had John O'Hurley with a 69. Nice. Just just in order to make Eric chuckle. Uh, originally, mm-hmm. I gave him a 70, but, you know, because of ha-has. All right. Um, I gave Ray Combs a 75 with an NC next to it. I reserve the right to readjust that rating once I get a chance to go back and watch some more episodes because I will plan on doing that at some point um, when time allows. So I have a bit of a confession here. The era of Family Feud that I started on was the Richard Karn era. And I was actually a fan of Richard Karn as the host of Family Feud. I thought he did a really good job with Family Feud. I don't think he was as good as Dawson or as good as Harvey. So that'll put him in third for me. But I think you guys did him a disservice by claiming that he was only that guy from Home Improvement because he wasn't. Was he best known from Home Improvement? Absolutely. Everybody knows he was Al Borland on Home Improvement. He was Tim the Toolman Taylor's sidekick on the on the title show of the show within a show on Home Improvement. However, Al also got an opportunity to show some more range on Family Feud as well, interacting with the contestants and getting to show more Karn got a chance to show more range. I called him out because of the Home Improvement thing. He had a chance to show more range on Family Feud, interacting with the contestants and having the ability to display the fact that he wasn't just that one-off character from Home Improvement. He actually had a sense of humor of his own that could translate to, to everyday real-life situations. Because there were plenty of moments on that show that stand out to me, too. From the Richard Karn era. And I'm going to have to do some uh, research here. I'll have to pull up some clips and stuff. Maybe for our next clip show or something that we do. I'll, I'll bring a couple of his clips to that. So that leaves me with 1A and 1B in Family Feud. And we saved them for last year for a reason. Because they are the two most well-known hosts of Family Feud. And in my opinion, the two best hosts of Family Feud. Why are we two and twoing? Oh, you need a I number need first. You need a number for uh, Richard Carn. I gave
3: Richard Carn an eighty.
2: We tied.
3: Okay. I know my I know my number dragged that way down. Uh,
5: Eric, I'd like to think you know me pretty well. Hmm. How do you think I would order Dawson and, and uh, Harvey?
2: I have to add one thing. Richard Carn's average a 69.5.
5: Nice. Eric, I think you know me well enough. How do you how do you think I would order these two?
3: Harvey 1, Dawson 2.
5: Harvey at a 95 is your champion. Dawson at a 90 is your runner-up.
3: So there's a wavelength after
5: all. Harvey is not quite Bob Barker in charge of Price is Right good. But Harvey is that modernization of what you need a current day game show host to be. Harvey is somebody who can recognize a scene for what it is going on around him and make the most of it like Brian talked about when he rated Steve Harvey number one as well. Whereas Richard Dawson was a product of his era and perfect for Family Feud in its time 1994 dawson that we saw that's not richard dawson that is a man in a fat suit impersonating richard dawson
3: ouch uh he's not entirely wrong
1: the richard honestly do be facts though
5: The Richard Dawson that I remember hosting Family Feud had one of the sharpest wits of any game show host ever. Always quick with a comeback, always quick with a comment, always quick with, like all the, you guys remember the gifts that the families used to present Dawson with on the episodes and how he would always have something off the cuff to say about those. Bing, 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 bing. The synapses were constantly firing in Dawson's head. And I do believe that of all the other hosts for Family Feud, the one who could have taken Family Feud into the viral age would have been Richard Dawson. If it were that 70s-slash-early-80s Dawson, not Richard Dawson reincarnated that we saw in the mid-90s. Harvey 1, Dawson 2, Karn 3... Ray Combs, again, subject to change. John O'Hurley. And, again, I feel bad for putting him last, but I I can only go off of what we saw from him. And the distractions, in my opinion, were too much for Louie. Mr. Nelson, the overall show ratings,
2: who takes the crown? So here be the averages. At an average score of 67.25, your number six is John O'Hurley.
5: That does not surprise me.
2: Okay. At number five with an average of 69.5. Real real quick,
5: the reason I say O'Hurley being last doesn't surprise me is because O'Hurley was no higher than fifth on any of our individual lists.
2: Um, His highest overall was a 75, and that was on my generous scale. Y'all ranked him in the 60s. hmm And our 280s, Mr. Broadhurst, brought Richard Carn up to number 5th with that 69. Nice 0.5 for 5th. Number f- number 5th. Okay.
3: Are we pleading it? The 5th.
4: <laughs>
5: I just drank a 5th. Dare me to drive?
2: <laughs> Continuing backward in time. Average score 78.75.
5: Drink responsibly, folks.
2: At number four, Louis Anderson. Harry's low score getting tempered by Brian's high and sort of meaning Eric, Eric and I sort of balancing each other out on the opposite side of eighty.
3: They have we made sure the standard deviation was still pretty wide.
2: Oh, there was some wide deviation, especially on our number Maybe three. three. Eighty-five and a quarter. Number three, my personal favorite, Ray Combs. I'm okay with the finish of third overall. I know I have an era bias here. I am freely admitting that. Number two, at 88.75, Dawson. Which leaves 90.5. Thanks to Harry's generous 95 that killed off the double 88s, Steve Harvey. Okay. So a difference of less than two between our top two. And, a and it's only like th- over between our bottom two.
5: And I think it's like only like three points between uh, Harvey and the Do- Combs in third. Let
2: me adjust I think you my said... font on this notepad first, and then I'll give you the cue to share it on screen. Okay. Go for it. Doo, 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 doo. There's your numbers. Look,
5: yeah. So, uh, just a shade over five points from first to third.
2: Yeah. We could definitely, we were definitely in mostly agreement who was top half, who was bottom half. Eric, you're more the statistician than me, so uh, go ahead.
3: Well, I mean, if you're taking your separation as far as from first division to second division hosts, yeah, it's pretty tight top to bottom. The one thing to definitely notice as far as who had the highest standard deviation, and that was thanks to Harry was Louis Anderson. Otherwise, a fairly consistent. And as far as your lowest standard deviation, Steve Harvey. It, yeah. It's between Harvey and Dawson because Thanks. all of them are pretty close together towards their means. And believe it or not, if you're looking at total distance from the means overall, Dawson's standard deviation would actually be a little bit lower.
5: Dawson's is six, Harvey's a seven.
3: No, standard deviation, how it taking into account not range. How close each of our scores were from the mean. Nobody deviated more than four points from the mean with Dawson. Whereas with Harvey, you had some, and especially yours.
5: My 95's format. an out. My 95 is an outlier.
3: Slightly the light outlier that's what bumped it up higher
5: fun fact also too noticeable what i'm noticing here as well eric is the closest distance between ratings for a person individually too is dawson as well there's Mm -hmm. no more than six points between any of his ratings brian's 85 and you're 91 i'm at a 90 and john's at an 89 so he's with we're all within six points of each other on that one harvey's seven but harvey is seven on two separate occasions
3: Right, so it was a little bit of a wider range. And then for everybody else, there was a mild bit of chaos.
5: Uh, I'm mostly responsible for the Louis Anderson chaos, I will admit that. I think uh, Eric is responsible for the Richard Karn chaos. I will say this much, uh, Mr. Nielsen, you misspelled Richard's last name.
3: K-A-I-R-N. No... K A R N, corn, not K. Pretty pretty sure it's
5: K A I R N. Nope, wrong, 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 wrong,
0: wrong, wrong, wrong.
3: wrong, wrong. Is it seriously wrong?
2: wrong. Is it seriously wrong?
5: Hold, hold on, hold. Is that an actual sound effect from somewhere? Yeah,
2: you need to watch more Scrubs, sir.
5: I do watch Scrubs. I don't remember that bit,
4: though.
3: You don't remember the the Dr. Cox wrong song? I barely watch Scrubs, and I remember the Dr. Cox wrong song. What what does that say? Yeah.
5: Go ahead. I deserve
1: it. I'm in a mute chamber over here. I'm getting fucking trumped by Nielsen over there. (laughs) <laughs> anyways i think it's safe to say um that that i think we've we've successfully done good faith and justice to
2: family feud though in these past couple of weeks That was like an hour's worth of uh, grading all this most hosts of any show though so that's going to take time
5: Well, not to mention too. I think that this is an opportunity to put a tidy little bow on all of the errors of Family Feud in the process of giving these ratings.
3: Go ahead, Mr. Espinosa. When you have back-to-back one-day internationals,
5: Mr. Espinosa, continue with where we are going from here, and then if you want to, we can hit the slight news desk that you had situated. Um, I know sleep is calling your name. I should probably consider it myself. So what are we doing next week on this here uh, podcast? So there was this guy. There was this guy named Monty Hall, and now there's this guy named Let's make a deal
1: with the Wheel of Wheel of Deal and Monty Hall.
3: Expect a statistics problem next week. By the way, I have more stats.
2: Yay! Just what we need. Okay. The money ball theory.
3: Probably.
5: I, I
2: apologize. I
5: apologize for this comment in advance, but I'm going to make it now, and I will further explain it next week on the show. In television, the phrase is sex sells. In my opinion, the current let's make a deal girl, Tiffany Coyne, Is one of the most beautiful women in game show history. And she has the personality to match. We'll talk more about Tiffany next week.
2: Okay. And I'll talk more Jay Stewart next week.
5: Mr. Espinoza, do we want to hit a news desk here or do we want to go ahead and get on skedaddling down the road?
1: Well, it's already a hundred and sorry, two hundred and ten minute tour
3: uh no
1: check uh, again 146 44 45 46 yeah so um no, was and... anyway so um news yeah, next everyone week, next week here on uh life is like a game show on the w2 web network um we need a lower third for that by the way eric uh, we will be talking about let's make a deal and uh, strap on it's good or strap in not strap on
4: family show <laughs> good
5: night folks we'll see you
3: next week <laughs> I literally you couldn't give me a half a beat after I make the lower third on your request, to do that, is this my reward? So and you thought I had the verbal flubs at the beginning of
2: the episode? I have nothing compared to that one. <laughs> uh,
1: strap in I mean, and strap on because it's going to be a hell of a week next week. Well, <laughs> here I mean, here on, on Life is Like a Game Show, as we talk, let's make a deal. The two mathematicians are going to go at it, talking about the body haul problem. Uh, we're going to be talking about zonks, deals, doors, curtains, cars, and much, Coins. much more. Boxes.
5: Coins, as in Tiffany.
3: <sighs> Look, I'm already set up for point of viewer, okay? <laughs> Thanks to what he said about strapping <laughs> on, but I might have to push that to next week, given <laughs> our already busy docket.
1: Oh anyways. Uh so join us next week folks. Uh where we're, we're going to be talking about let's make a deal as we continue our run up to Gabe Show Marathon our big summer special. Um for as a as a reminder uh, in the month of May which is uh, coming up very very quickly here uh we will be covering press your luck month. Um, here on, on Life is Like a Game Show on the W2M Network, we will be covering all things pressure luck. We are starting with second chance in week one. We are starting with a failed lower third in week two, which will be replaced <laughs> by <laughs> Peter to market. Then we will be talking about Michael Larson, the one and only. Expect for that one to be. That is probably going to set not. Oh, it's probably not only going to break the W2M or the, the life is like a game show episode record. From 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 a month ago with 4:30 something, it's probably going to set the land speed network record. I am record. not
5: going five goddamn
1: hours. This is Michael Larson we're talking about here, folks. As I get gimmick infringed by Mister Eric Watkins
3: over there.
5: I reiterate, I am not going five goddamn hours.
3: I'm not going five hours Uh,
1: sober. (laughs) It'll be a longer show for sure. Yes. Um, And then after that, we will be talking whammy, the all-new pressure luck with Todd Newton. Uh, And last but not least, on our fifth wonderful week of May, we will be talking about Elizabeth Banks and the current Iteration of pressure luck on ABC.
5: Returning soon.
1: As we get a wonderful little slideshow there. Thank you, Mr. Nielsen. Um. Meanwhile, segueing to the last bit of our show here, which hopefully won't take another thirty-five minutes. Um We got a news desk. As we talked about last week, we talked Kiki Palmer's taking over password. Um, really not much more to cover than that. Honestly, if you want to know more information, you can go Google, but I promise you, we've told you the inside scoop because it's all we know. Um... Harry Broadhurst, to answer your question privately, you might as well strap on for the next thing we're talking about, which is Michael Davies taking the helm permanently of Jeopardy as announced by Sony Entertainment. And if you ever try to use my own gimmicks and gaffs against me, you will very quickly learn that I am just as good as turning them against you as I am doing them myself. Pretty, Pretty sure
5: Eric is broken.
1: Eric is broken because he is probably about to start pulling it I am not worthy at the level of comedic.
5: All right, let's get to this. Come on, let's finish this off. I mean,
3: that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if anything, like you two would strapping things on to finish stuff off, I mean, come on now. We've talked about this on point of view Available Sunday nights on the W2M Network. Hey,
1: guess what? Strap on for Michael Davies as the head of Jeopardy. Strap in for the Jeopardy Second Chance Tournament coming soon. That's it. That's the news desk. I'm going to go before Eric Watkins has a coronary heart attack. Good night.
3: I have an actual
2: question about this. Did somebody say second chance? Mm. No.
3: Oh, that not kept was perfect.
5: Uh. <laughs> Hi. Anyways. Oh. Um. I do have a quick question about the Michael Davies news.
4: <clears throat>
5: to a casual watcher like myself, somebody that doesn't follow the behind-the-scenes machinations like you do, how would I know the name Michael Davies? It's, uh, give me, give me some of the bullet points of his resume. Um, is he the one that's currently working as the executive producer for Jeopardy?
1: Yeah, he was the one that came in as a special consultant, uh, like a couple weeks after Richards got very unceremoniously sacked. Um, I'm hoping that, uh, He will go ahead and name uh, Ken Jennings as the permanent announc the permanent host, according to Variety. um, Bialik and Jennings will see the season will see the current season through uh, its finale in July, and then Sony is expected to name a permanent host for the show after that.
5: Go ahead,
2: Jonathan. You're wondering about Davies, uh, his career. I was was just just about to get to that, that, but apparently apparently you're going to go ahead and go to the the non-credible
1: academic source. So go ahead and give him the fucking shy run and let him go ahead and steal the goddamn
2: news desk away because this is the kind of shit that he does. (laughs) Hey, it looked like you wanted information. So where do you go to first, the non-academic credible source? And I think this is pertinent to the sports members of this podcast. Because in 2011, Davies with ESPN FC writer Roger Bennett brought the Men and Blazers podcast into existence, talking about Premier League and UEFA Champions League and specifically U.S. men's national team.
5: Is that the two Robbies,
2: Eric? No. Uh, different show, Men and Blazers.
3: It was also on a simulcast on NBC for a while, Post Premier League coverage. Very okay. good show. I remember Did that you... name. I, I could have sworn that
5: was the one with the two Robbies, though, but I guess I'm wrong. Okay, continue, Nielsen. Uh,
2: 2014 FIFA World Cup coverage, various places. Uh, they conducted a New York City FC exclusive interview with Frank Lampard. after Lampard joined NYC FC from Chelsea. Uh, head of the 2014 15 season, NBC Sports signed him along with Bennett for ESPN's. English Premier League coverage. Men and Blazers is going to have its own half hour show Monday nights. SEO and President of Embassy Row, a unit that is part of Sony Pictures. Executive producer of Wife Spop, He produced ESPN's Two Minute Drill, VH1's World Series of Pop Culture, the show that blew the load early, CBS's Power 10, and GSN Original's Chain Reaction, Grand Slam, Revival of Newlywed Game. And U.S., who wants to be a millionaire? And that is my final answer.
5: Okay, so I actually do remember Chain Reaction. Uh, I don't remember Grand Slam, but I do remember Chain Reaction, and I recall quite liking that.
2: He's also a big fan of Chelsea FC. Obviously.
5: I'm getting a death glare from Espinosa, and I have no idea why.
3: Millionaire. No, I'm
2: getting there because I said Final Answer. The first one of his gimmicks for one of his favorite shows. You Mad Bro.
5: You might want to turn both their cameras off. Uh-huh.
2: Uh, it might be back in a second or two.
3: Well, it was good why it lasted. Hey, just think of it like this. I don't need four seconds. I'll just take a 3-2 win. Cheers for that, by the way.
2: Speaking to which, my Eilers beat the Panthers today. See, I, literally I, don't just... to
3: give
1: him, I don't have to go over there and beat him up. I can just activate the red lights underneath his desk there. God damn it.
3: I got, did you not literally hear me just say, I don't need four seconds. I'll just take a 3-2 win. Thank you very much.
2: I swear this never I'm sorry, it's
1: appropriate because the four seconds came from the from, from the Lightning Islanders to begin with.
2: This is Panthers Islanders, not the same teams.
5: One last, the one last monkey for the road. Brian, where can people find you online?
1: Oh no, I'm not done yet.
5: Oh, <laughs> never
1: mind then. No, he does not get the final answer when he's talking about Millionaire, that bastard. I get the final say. It's my final thought. Michael Davies was the original producer of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire when he brought it over in 1999 with the correct production company, which was Salador. And that's my final answer. And you can find me online at The Andesian. And if you don't like what I have to say, you can send your hate mail to s.garber at gmail.com. You can find me here on the network. I'm all over the goddamn place. I'm tired. I'm not drunk enough to for you people to be right. I'm out. Good night. Good fight. Good night.
3: Peace out, Mills Lane. <laughs> and he left on one of my gimmicks, Chef's Kiss.
5: Jonathan, where can people find you online?
2: People can find me online on the Tweety Box, JTN2002. They can also find me on Twitch under the same credentials. And probably during the first week of May, there will be some live game streaming, probably some city builders, things of that nature. I get to unwind on semester break. They can also find me sometimes as disembodied voice in various shows here on the network. But you can also check out the Neil Reyes first of every month drops at 5 p.m. over in the YouTube land. 5 p.m. Eastern
3: Time. Yes. For those internationally. Eastern.
5: 2, two, 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 two p.m. Pacific. Those do be facts, though. Mr. Watkins,
3: where can people find you online? If you're looking for me on Twitter, at Squid Sports Head. There's going to be some form of live tweeting again in the works. I don't know what, but it's going to happen. If you're looking for me on the network, Sunday's point of Viewer with my fellow disembodied voices. First of the month as a disembodied voice on the Nielsen ratings. Sunday slash Wednesday's soccer to the max schedule permitting world cup team by team deep dive starting next week with iran (laughs) yes everybody knows you would be not hairy on point of viewer mondays i am the disembodied voice the dr manhattan of the network as you may know from earlier on league to the max or whatever and then finally, to cap off my network week, Thursdays, as the co host of the Broadhurst Watkins Sports Report,
5: Sports in Black and White,
3: here on the W2M Network. Facebook, Guy, Wine, Recliner, Eric Watkins, you know the drill. Slide into my DMs. You will be welcome as long as you go through the proper and thorough vetting process.
2: One thing else that you have to watch out for on uh, Point of View, or likewise, we had to watch out for here. Always make sure your bracket producers are... Spayed and neutered.
3: On or, or... Have their cockles warmed by the soothing, dulcet tones of Gilbert (laughs) Gottfried. You fool!
1: (laughs) I'm sure... That rancid Randy would enjoy some (laughs) wet-ass family
5: show.
1: That's why I censored myself, you fool. All
5: right. Anyways, (laughs) guy walks into it. Never mind. Uh, At H-E-B the Eagle, pretty much anywhere social media related. Uh, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, YouTube. Technically, I am on Twitch. I just don't have a personal streaming account. I just watch stuff on there on occasion. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all that other fun stuff. In addition, like Eric said, Broadhurst Watkins Sports Report, Sports in Black and White, we return this week with our official thoughts on the launch of the USFL. Wait, wait, wait,
1: wait, 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 wait. rewind. Hold on. You got to do that properly. If you're going to name the show, Eric has to say the sports. and Very and well. White
2: and white. All right. Stop. Rewind. Take three. Because you already did take two tonight.
5: In addition, you can find me on the Broadhurst Watkins Sports Report. Sports in black and white. This week, we cover the relaunch week for the USFL, including Mother Nature telling the USFL to go forth and fornicate with itself.
2: The USFL. I might have to watch. Uh,
5: Double header games this weekend as well. We'll kind of talk about those when we talk about last week's games. The start of the playoffs in the National Basketball Association and how a certain owner of this network decided to put his foot in his mouth when talking about the form that Mo Salah finds himself in. Uh, I didn't do this to you. Garmer did this to you, Mr.
3: Watkins. This is why I kept my mouth shut. I knew it was going to be a disaster. It's not going to be fun doing soccer to the max. But again, you're absolutely right. I said nothing. I took my 0-4 ass whooping and went on with it. And that wasn't his only fandom's ass whooping of that particular weekend.
2: And this is why you send your hate mail to s.garmer at gmail.com.
3: That
5: being said, me and Sean's basketball teams are currently in a clash in the first round of the NBA playoffs. We'll talk those on BWSR this week as well. Uh, In addition, episode 8 of TV Party Tonight presents the Indie Siders, myself and Mark Rattelidge. We will cover For the Culture 3 and Bloodsport 8 from GCW's The Collective. That will be May 2nd, Monday night at 11 o'clock right after WWE's Monday Night Raw. You have been listening to Life is Like a Game Show, a presentation of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com. In addition, oh, we're plugging Rattaligian Broadcasting as well. Make sure you guys check out all of the other shows from the Rattaligian Broadcasting Network as well. Metal Hammer of Doom, TV Party Tonight. Um, on Trial? Damn, damn You on, Hollywood? On Trial. <laughs> damn You Hollywood. Um, Triple featured the show that he does with uh, Jason Keasley. In addition, Jason Teasley's also involved with uh, Second and Short, our own fantasy football podcast here as part of Rattelage Broadcasting as well.
2: Speaking of which, doesn't Rattelage show us another game show movie? Brian- I, mean, I-, I mean, I keep saying if
1: we're going to do another game show movie, it's going to be Slumdog Millionaire. So you might as well prepare yourselves.
5: This, once again, take two, has been Life is Like a Game Show, Richard Dawson, and Steve Hart, the of Family Feud, a presentation of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com. In addition, you can find us on all of your favorite podcasts, listening and or visual services, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, Podbean, CastBox, Overcast. Rate and review us five stars on Spotify. Make sure you join the Discord link in the show description underneath. And if you prefer, if you prefer, prefer, if you prefer to watch your podcast presentations, you can find us on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Everywhere, but Twitch is W two M Network or W two M Net. Twitch is W two M Network. Did I switch them around again? Mm-hmm. I did. I, I got you, hit. You were you,
1: you 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 flipped, and then when you I, had the price right, you changed your mind at the last second. I and flipped you flopped and I instead, flopped. And you shouldn't. Tried. Yeah. You can find us on. You can on... flip, you can flop, or you can flip flop, and you should have flopped.
5: I should flip. not have flip flopped.
1: You definitely should not have flip flopped.
5: You can find us on video formats on Twitch. There
1: we go. I broke. I broke him. I finally fucking. broke.
5: <laughs> you can find us on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. All of which, but Twitch, or W2M Network. Twitch is W2M Net. There we go. This has been All right, light- we're
1: gonna reveal the price. Did he get it right? Bing, 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 bing. Congratulations, you got the plugs right, Harry. You're going home with the plugs.
5: Point of viewer? Never Play mind.
1: Play the theme.
5: <laughs> you have been watching and or listening to Life is Like a Game Show oh for Brian Espinoza, Jonathan Nielsen, oh Eric Watkins, I'm Harry Broadhurst. Oh Thanks for watching. Life is like a game show. A presentation. The W2M Network. See you guys next week for Let's Make a Deal.
1: I don't know if I want to make a deal. It
0: is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?